0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,
0: Hey guys, you ever wonder what Phil and I wear while we podcast? You can find out if you join our Patreon. We'll also be talking about the films of 1989, but that's definitely less important than seeing our Zoom backgrounds, our headphone choices, and our sweatshirts.
3: It's true. It's true. You'll get to see all the various pieces of artwork that I have framed on my office wall, and you can see Kenny's garden, sort of. So that's something. That's exciting. It's a hanging garden. It's a hanging garden. Uh, But perhaps more important than anything, uh, we are doing this Patreon to cover the best films of 1989. Uh, Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, ghostbusters 2 with amazing guests like tom meissen liz Hanna, joanna robinson brian cogman chuck hayward you can sign up at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989 and for five dollars you'll get access to all the audio of these fantastic episodes for a few bucks more you'll get video as well of our 99 and 89 episodes and perhaps most importantly you'll be supporting us uh so we can just keep making podcast content for you guys
1: Hi everyone! Welcome to Podcast like It's 1999. I'm Tom Myson with Kenny Nybutton, and Phil Iscove, And we're talking Sleepy Hollow. How was that? I mean, we can't do better than that, really. That Quick was right good. That was great. keep it. In.
0: <laughs> yeah, keep it in. Uh, all right, we're, yeah. we're 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 talking Sleepy Hollow here. We have yep. Tom Myson, the least problematic Bob Crane, and Phil uh, Iskov, the least problematic creator of a Sleepy Hollow. Inspired interpretation. interpretation. Yeah. Guys, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I it really... Have,
3: it is. It
0: is. I have, as the host of this podcast, because, Phil, today I don't really think you're the host of the podcast. You are a an, a, an appropriate <laughs> guest. You are a great get for this podcast, as are you, Tom. Uh, Let's well, to talk about so 1979's... So, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's the brain. I'm not wearing a T-shirt. That. I've just noticed
3: <laughs> that Phil's wearing... Yeah, so I'm wearing a. I'm wearing a, yeah, a headless yeah. horse. Is it shirt,
0: official? Yeah. 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 It's not, well, I mean, no. Sign not, on to our Patreon to find out if Tom is wearing anything at all.
3: But <laughs> just AirPods.
0: <laughs> but here we are. We're talking 1999 Sleepy Hollow, a film that uh, partially inspired uh, Phil to create Fox's Sleepy Hollow with uh, Alex Kurtzman, Rob, Bob Orsi, Roberto Orsi, and <laughs> Len Weissman. Mm-hmm. And cast Tom as Ichabod Crane uh, tremendous show. Um, you guys were obviously Tom, you were fantastic. Phil you you know were a great writer. And you. Uh, you once were. I and once was. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really great to finally kind of be able to open this this present that we've been that's been sitting on the table for the that's beginning true. of this podcast.
1: I had no idea. It was 99. I had no idea. It
0: was 99. That's the reason we're doing the podcast. That's the reason. (laughs) It's it's funny though,
1: because like,
3: you know, Kenny and I talked about this at the very beginning where we knew that, I mean, I knew, we knew that this was sort of sitting on the horizon and I was just like, I want to do it, but I don't really know how to do it. And I don't know who I'd want to bring on for it, you know, and, and, Obviously, Tom, you've been on a couple of times now, and it just felt like a no-brainer to bring you on to talk about, you know, not just in terms of, you know, your involvement in, in the show, but just, you know, you saw this movie. You mentioned, we texted a little bit about this, how you, you mm-hmm. you'll you obviously tell us your story about how you saw Sleepy Hollow for the first time, because it's great. <laughs> but I also just feel like, you know, this short story has been interpreted a couple times. A bunch of people have kind of taken wax at it, and they're all very different in their own ways. Um, but you know, this feels like the probably. I mean, do you think it's this version? Or do you think it's the Disney version that people speaking from film as opposed to television? You know, what do you have? You shown your kids the Disney
0: one, uh,
3: Kenny? Like, is, is that something no. that they even know? No. And so you did. You watched uh, the movie the other day with your son, who had not seen yes. it before, correct? Yes. What did he What did he think
0: of it? He really liked it, and I think, and I, I think, period is a bit, particularly you know, this far back is a bit of a yep. you know barrier of entry for for some kids that that age. But look, he he's a big fan of heads being cut off, sure, and he loves and, these. <laughs> uh, and every you know the thing is. You you know Rollins a bit. Lindsters have heard this. He really can't be scared by anything. It's just it's sure. just his thing. He just doesn't get scared. Yeah. But what he what he said at the end was he goes well it wasn't scary, but at least there was a great story. So uh, <laughs> that's good. That's a big win.
3: That's that's fantastic. I yeah. you know I I will say though. Um, so. I saw this film in 99. I'm a very big Tim Burton fan and we're going to do our top five favorite Burton films at the end of the podcast. And I'm excited to do that um, as well. But I was very excited to see this film. And, you know, when I sat down to try to come up with ideas to pitch, Kenny was very much a part of that as well. He might very well remember. I remember I with Kenny about the sleepy hollow pitch. And as I was coming up with it and Kenny was instrumental in in that. So, you know, isn't that weird?
0: (laughs) <laughs> so Kenny
3: does that we, have, that we were
0: that we were friends that long ago we, we were, were friends
3: that long ago and uh, i i was sitting at my desk as an assistant at uta kenny was sitting at his desk wherever i don't know where i remember we I, re- I
0: honest to god i remember exactly where i was because it was a it was before i had kids yes and it was a period of time where we had you know this second room we had the second room in our apartment that i put a desk in that uh, was my office for a couple of days until we had kids, um, but yeah, I remember exactly where I was when you sent me. And I, by the way, I I, I tell the story all the time, and I, I almost want you to tell the story. Well, I'll tell it I from tell my it perspective. whatever. I, I tell, it, yeah. no, not not the my part of it, like the story yeah. of you, because I think it's a really great story in general, and I think it was. It just there's a lot to unpack there. So, yes, uh, I, so I remember you basically sending me ten ideas. 10 um broadcast worthy ideas (laughs) and i don't i don't exactly i think you had maybe already narrowed it down to two it was down to two yeah i think you would yeah or maybe you know you sent Mm -hmm. me the 10 and then later you said these are the two that we're going to focus on and i think we what we talked about it for a little bit and i just threw some ideas at you and uh and i said you should cast tom and that that (laughs) was my big my big idea
3: And, uh, I mean, it was so, yeah, go ahead. I'm not, I mean, listen, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna make a whole big thing out of, uh, me coming up with this idea because lots of people were involved in how this became a television show. But I will say that, you know, I sat down in front of, you know, various pieces of public domain and saw that, that, that Washington Irving had created or written, obviously, Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle. And I texted Kenny, we were IMing about this. And I was just like, I want to have this guy, he's Ichabod Crane, I want to have him in in present day, but, like, is it just a present day Ichabod Crane, or, you know, what what exactly should that be? Um, And at the time, and I think I've said this to you as well, Kenny, but I'll say it again, which is that at the time, shortly around this period, the trailer for Dark Shadows had dropped. And as those who remember or have seen this movie, uh, basically, he's a vampire who is buried alive by a witch, who, uh, and then he wakes up in 1970s, I believe it's New York State or something along those lines. It's mm-hmm. somewhere around, anyway. Or maybe it's more coastal. doesn't matter. Long story short, that plus Kenny saying, why don't you just put the guy to sleep was sort of this kind of this moment where I was just like, oh yeah, just, he'll, he'll just be a man at a time and he'll be Ichabod Crane from 1799. And I mean, obviously, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Good
1: questions. First of all, so interesting. What had your pitching experience been before? So i had
3: I had pitched a couple shows up until that point. Um, I had written a I had written a pilot that had gotten some traction, and I had been pitching mostly to like ABC Family, MTV, that type of stuff because the the mm-hmm. pilot that I had written was was teen oriented. So I had pitched a couple things, um, but. To, to, uh, to answer your, your grander question here, when I think about how little I went into that room with Alex Kurtzman with, it gives me chills, like to this day. Like I was so crazy unprepared for that for that pitch and my humble opinion now, knowing what I know, that I, I didn't have much more than Sleepy Hollow, huh? <laughs> like I really did not have much more than that. Um, which, which again, just frightens me to my core. I'm just thinking, But then that
1: that shows uh, <laughs> the enduring appeal of of this it, yeah of this, the story. But actually, dream. not the book because the the book, as I'm yes, sure we'll discuss, is shit. It's, a, it's,
0: it's not great. <laughs> it's uh, I, I, I want to say one other thing because you're, yes, you're being you're being super humble. That's not totally true. You didn't have nothing. Um, you had a lot because then I also remember sitting down with you at, uh, King's Road before you went in and you had had a lot at that point. You really had had a full, you know, you had a full story. You had the idea of Abby. You had everything that was like, you know, kind of fundamentals, elementals of the show. The other thing that like I want to say is. It's not just as simple as Phil saying "Sleepy Hollow" and doing, you know, putting his hands out, in jazz hands. Yes. Uh, there was another pilot that same yes, season. That's true. that's true. That was, I think, called like Ichabod or something like. It was that. called.
3: I think it was called. Really? I don't remember what it was called. It was there was a CW yes. thing. There was yeah. a
0: CW pilot, and the yeah. it was the it was the same in that it's Ichabod mm-hmm. Ichabod Crane modern day, but it was different in that. Uh, it was Ichabod Crane is just a guy. Just a guy who named works Icabod at the Crane. FBI. Uh, who, right. who I think, and now I'm extrapolating, but I'm sure this is what it was. I'm sure it was an, an X Files thing, where he's some guy who who investigates things like phenomena like the heaven's work, right?
1: Which, like, but by has way, the way, characteristics or that we know of Ichabod right. Crane.
3: Yes, I mean this was, right. which it sort of comes back to the movie a little bit in the sense that. My pitch to your to your original point, Kenny, in terms of like, I, I was trying to build something a little bit more procedural, something that was a little bit more sort of a, uh, you know, Mulder Scully kind of situation, if you will. A little more Buffy-esque, a little bit more sort of like hardwired into the case of the week type of thing. Um, and part of that stemmed from the film, which is a reinterpretation of Ichabod Crane, who's not a detective in the original source material he's a he's a hmm. weird teacher. fastidious teacher um and they turn him smacks, into a detective smacks the
1: kids i seem to remember there was he a, does.
3: He does. Well, I mean, <laughs> several paragraphs about he's a dick but yeah <laughs> but my point, here, but, your but point yes. right
1: here yeah sorry yes i am gonna finish the sentence because yeah. i'm an ass um <laughs> no, no, no. it's something that i noticed watching re-watching the film is that you know as i as i say that the the book is quite shit there's not an awful lot To it, it's mainly lists. It's lists of um, crops and things. (laughs) It's it's kind of, and then someone chucks a pumpkin.
3: It was like that was kind of Martian Urban's thing. He wrote like these weird diatribes. There were like lists. He was like an almanac writer more than like a fiction writer.
1: Weird. So, in order to adapt it, you need to bring your own completely new Mm -hmm. story to it. And so, in the film, it's you know, it's the the whole. Will thing and um, the horseman well, being brought forth, yeah. and with you it was. I mean, I can't stop thinking about it since we started talking. Uh, th- to have the headless horseman as one of the horsemen of the apocalypse was just mm-hmm. a brilliant, brilliant little twist on it.
2: And I'm not it's surprised
1: so. that you didn't need to go in with a great. <laughs> and I'm sure you're being, you know, self-deprecating. But I, of I will course, say, though, knowing, knowing Alex sorry. as we do now, oh, yes, of so. course that's Bucks is.
3: Well, he was just, to sort of to to give a sense of what that meeting was. The thing that we really hit on was was Twin Peaks, which won't surprise anyone who knows right. Alex, who's an right. enormous Twin Peaks fan. You know, I, I I wanted to create, and we wanted to create a a weird little town, right? And it's you're not going to find a more iconic name than Sleepy Hollow in terms of knowing that it's a weird little town and that there's a headless horseman, and and so it's it's very fertile territory um to to your original point about how the short story might not be great but it created this petri dish that so many people have been able to kind of glom off of which i think is really fascinating i think that this movie capitalizes on that beautifully in my opinion of really bringing that to life better than anything you know i could imagine
0: this movie never would have worked as a tv show because the mm. character of Ichabod in this movie is uh, has no legs. But um, as opposed to the villain who has no head. But um, nice. the little... Nice. He's
1: written that down in his notebook and he'll tick that off. Got that gagged out. Right off snow. the dome. Right Do off the dome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just like, what have you put him the sleep? Um, so, But Cheers. the the little brilliant thing you guys did... Tom, you had very little to do with this. But the really brilliant thing that you did with, your, with, with Kurtzman and Orsi that made this a TV show, it was a very, there are always these little what ifs, right? It was, what if Ichabod Crane was cool? It's, what if Ichabod Crane was a formidable opponent for the Headless Horseman? And the way you show that as him being a member of Washington's army with that opening scene with them basically killing each other, that and then the blood that that little thing makes you want to go on a ride with Ichabod. No pun for, you know, how many episodes Mm -hmm. you guys get 70 episodes for 70, yeah, for 80 for 80 episodes because he's because he's cool. Right, and that, and then, yes. that, then the relationship with Abby works, and it wouldn't have worked the same way if he was any of the other iterations of I Think About It. And I remember, I remember you having your meeting. It was like your first creative meeting with Alex and Bob yeah. after, um, after you kind of agreed to kind of go through this, and you came back and you're like, you won't believe what we came up with. <laughs> And, I'm, and I, I at the like that plus what you're talking about, Tom. That plus the pulling in the so it's pulling in the Bible and pulling in the American history, of the Washington stuff. Where I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be. This is, I said it to you. I said I I am positive you guys are gonna sell this. I am positive this is gonna be a show. It just yeah. it's one of those. It's it's one of the. It's the only one I can think of. From no offense, you know you know where you are at this point. From an unknown writer. That the idea was just undeniable. It was an irresistible well, thing.
3: I will say, and, and I do think that an important detail was that I kind of always saw him as British. And this isn't me, you know, being like, they didn't get it. It was just sort of like, I didn't see him as American. And it, it wasn't even uh, because of the historical components of it. I just, they literally said to me, I remember they were like, who's your dream casting for Ichabod? And I said, David Tennant. Because there was that sort of Doctor Who kind of British component that I saw in my head. And, you know, they at that point were like, no, no, he's American. And I was like, okay. And we, you know, we did our due diligence. We did a bunch of, obviously, we, as Tom knows, we did a lot of auditions. But ultimately, it was when we realized that... The, the, that history was our friend in terms of having him be British and that it all kind of works out when you have the Re- Revolutionary War and all of that, all those the confluence of those things coming together because I really, really believe in my heart that obviously, Tom, you were phenomenal in the show, but just that he really just needed to be British. I, I just couldn't imagine. Well, it's,
1: I know I a few of the actors who were chosen yes. before me and mm-hmm. all American and it's it's hard to picture. Yeah. And I remember when I <laughs> yeah. when I taped in London for it, and was asked to do it both with a British and with an American mm-hmm. accent. Yeah. And it it then surprised me that it took so long for everyone to realize he should be British, because it just didn't... Nope. It's going to sound very pretentious, but it just didn't feel right. The, it didn't fit. The, the American, verbiage it, coming
3: out of his mouth, we did many auditions, and... Every time and at his interrogation, Ichabod's interrogation scene was the audition scene. That was what actors, as I'm sure you remember, Tom, was what you were Mm -hmm. auditioning with. And the very first line is, my name is Ichabod Crane. I can't tell you how many actors said Ichabod Crane, like just right at, like just straight out said Ichabod. (laughs) So like they're dead in the water before they've even, like before they've even started, they're dead. And then they go and they, everyone did it like Christian Bale and Batman. Everyone delivered these lines with this like, Gritty. Rough, weird, gritty authority as though which again shows they don't know the character obviously because they don't know his name but they also just don't have like any you know, uh, context for it and it, and to your point, a British accent first of all makes everything just sound better but also just it creates a, a level of authority or a level of, of wit and intelligence whether or not you have any of that Tom is yet to be determined but I do think that Brits do convey that
0: Tom, how... <laughs> How walls. is? Wait, <laughs> oh. I'm 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 so I'm so embarrassed. Cause I watch every episode of this show, and you're really good in it. But I can't remember. Did you do an American accent in Watchmen? No. no. Oh, no, no, Sorry.
1: no, no Not in
0: Watchmen. So how is your American accent?
1: Well, I'm doing it in C, and no one's punched me yet okay but mind you i'm surrounded by canadians so and you, you don't want to be you don't want to be punched by
0: those guys i think not by not, not by, by, by joseph and uh... <laughs> those are those are some Jason good punchers
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, i've uh, actually i wanted to bring that's actually I, I, sorry Ken. i don't mean to cut you off but the, no, the c uh, accent because i have watched a couple of the episodes of the new season and it's an interesting accent, because I know that it is yeah. American, but it
1: has No, no, it has no, the no show it's is high, slightly like, off
3: Right? Like, there's something kind of off about it, right? Am I yes. crazy? That? Okay.
1: Yes, that was one of those choices that I make where I want to do it a little bit off and then realize after I've started doing that, it might just sound like I can't do an American accent. (laughs) Oh shit. Well, it's too late now in for a penny in for a pound. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, It's great. Sometimes sometimes you make choices and, uh, and in your head, it's really clever, but in practice, you're just a bad actor.
0: So let's, let's go uh, a little further on this and we can relate to the Burton movie. So Tom, you got this, uh, you got, I don't, I don't really know how, how it worked. Did you get sides? Did you get a script? Did you get um, just kind of. Did you get the whole thing or did you just get sides? I don't remember. No,
1: I got the whole thing. I remember it was the first year that I had ever been uh, up for pilots. I was, I was never available before. And then I was like, yeah, send me, send me everything. And so in London, the it's not pilot season in quite the way that it was right. in L.A., which mercifully I've, I've always managed to avoid. But I did love seeing the exodus of British actors going to L.A. for pilot season and coming back a month later, 10 grand poorer. And still <laughs> in in my
3: head, I'm envisioning them all waving from a ship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that. <laughs> and the rest of us who can't afford to go to L.A., Blowing kisses and waving them off and say good luck, good luck, hoping like in Goodwill Hunting that we'll never see them again and they'll just be- go and be very <laughs> successful. Yeah. But then they all come back. And- it's
0: not what I hope. I-, I hope they give me a call and say you want to do a guest spot.
1: Yeah, right. But- right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the fucking boat sinks. <laughs> um, but we uh, sent you. So anyway, we your-
3: tape for you before you flew out here, right? Oh, you-, you went on tape. And then you. Finished, yes, I right? did because yeah. I
1: got the I got the whole script, lots of yep. scripts, and this was just one of seven or something that I was reading that week. Mm-hmm. And I remember finishing it and going into the kitchen, and my flatmate at the time, a guy called Nikesh Patel, who was in the terrible four weddings that I did. That I think oh was. God, great Ooh. love, love Nikesh, and he was like, "Are you okay? You look kind of fried." So like, I've just read this amazing script and it's of the, the pile of really bad pilots. This is the only one that I really want and there's no way I'm going to get it. I know that I won't get it because it was the sort of part that I would never, ever have been cast in, uh, in London. If it was an English production, I would never have got that part. Um, I, was like, but I I love it. And I read him a bit and it was a bit... In the pilot, obviously, you do scripts without thinking about the budget. And there was a, he'd, a helicopter flies in. It was the scene that was eventually, it was John Cho arresting me yeah. with the police car. Yeah. But it was a helicopter coming in. And we then spent an hour just pissing ourselves, thinking of different ways to react to a helicopter, which was mainly high-pitched screaming and faint.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it's lucky that it was cut. Um, and, and then I just, I read it Immediately again, which I don't really do with script very often because I loved it. Um, then I went on tape one wet Wednesday morning, and there were I saw a couple of the actors who went in before me, and they were all a lot older than them. I was. What thirty at the time, and they were in their forties, and I was like, they're going to go for a big gruff. 40-year-old, hardened-looking <laughs> men. Uh, so I went in and I did my Brian Cranston impression for the American bit and did, did my, my fruity old my for the, the British bit and, and forgot about it. And yep. That was it. I thought, well, right, I remember watching...
3: Later, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, Tom and I were texting the other day. You texted me about... I, we were texting about my roommate, Melissa. Um, and what's funny about this, and the reason I bring this up is um she knew exactly who you were because she loves British television so and British movies. And when I was being sent the various, you know, reels or what have you, you came up and she's like, Oh, he's great. I mean, he and she like rattled off a bunch of your credits and my apologies. I I didn't I didn't know you at the time. But
0: I'm sorry. Um You knew Melissa I, at the time? Sure. Wow, you guys have been friends forever. So she Yes. Well, so this is what, this is
4: what the
1: people are tuning in for, guys. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chat about but, your but l-
3: long story short, the reason I bring this up is because I remember seeing the reel. I remember thinking that you were great. I remember that people were like, "He needs to grow a beard." I remember that, like, one of because you were just very clean and you looked very yes. Young.
1: And and yes. the thing is, I always have a beard. My my wife hates me without a beard, <laughs> and hates. I I remember saying to her, "I'm I'm so sorry. I should probably trim it down for this." audition and so i did that just for the audition and hated it Mm
4: -hmm.
3: and then and then you grew it and they said grow it so that when you get here for the for the um the camera test you'll have and you had some gruff you didn't have what you have now but you had Mm -hmm. like some um yeah i just i I remember we all remember you know when you tested with nicole and it was it was like pretty instantaneous there was just there was something there that was just they also said
1: they said uh, Grow your beard <laughs> and uh, bring like a big military coat. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a big military coat, but with buttons missing. Mm-hmm. And I was going to fly out two days after getting the call. Yeah, and they sent me like it, it was a five-hour screen mm-hmm. test, wasn't it? So there were yeah. like four. You or tested five by six. yourself. It fucking loads. Yeah. There was loads to learn, and instead of learning it, I spent. The entire two days and the flight, looking for buttons that match the buttons (laughs) I had on the the coat. I couldn't find buttons that matched, so I just bought six new buttons that look vaguely military and then spent (laughs) the flight, the 11-hour flight, cutting off the buttons and sewing (laughs) new buttons on. And then landed in LA and it was like, well, shit, I have no idea of my lines. I should, I'll get back, I'll get straight to the hotel, Right. I'll start learning my lines, and um, walked you, out of the um. You out of the need
0: airport. to sew faster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very good sewer. You're an I'm eleven an hour sewer. flight. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I may have exaggerated I, that a little bit.
0: I, I'm, I'm not um, a great sewer, but I, that's not going to take me eleven <laughs> hours.
1: I promise. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, I got sir. to I got to the airport and. Yeah. In my head, you know, everyone who comes over, who is called over for a screen test, I'd never done it before. I thought you, you know, you get out of the airport and there's a stretch limo with a with a glass of champagne in the back, and someone will pick you up. I turn up and I'm not, I have no idea how to get to my hotel. <laughs> there's there's no car, and <laughs> I had, from a previous trip to America, I had about seven dollars in my pocket, and so I don't know the address of the hotel mm-hmm. and I can't get taxi because I have zero money in my bank. And so I went to the the, the ATM God. to try and get money out uh-huh. to uh, uh-huh. get a taxi. It was like, <laughs> you've, you've been doing fucking theatre for four years. <laughs> <laughs> and I was skimmed. And couldn't get to the hotel. And it was, you know, then it was about eight in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I had to get my, get my big military coat on. <laughs> I remember... My suitcase. Someone had to give me directions to the nearest bus terminal, to LAX. Oh and God. I remember, I remembered vaguely where the hotel was from the last time I was in LA. I, was, I couldn't drive, so I was getting buses everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I remembered the bus and I think it was one, three, something, that went straight past Century City, and I knew that that's where the hotel was, and I knew that it ended in Santa Monica, and I knew the point that the Uh bus stop is. So I had to go to a bus terminal, try and find the bus that would take me to Santa Monica, then try and find, using the power of my brain, the (laughs) the right bus stop, and get on another bus and go to... And by then I had... like. Four hours. So, it was to
3: I do remember. There. Obviously, That's I remember harrowing. the test. I remember you tested by yourself first without Nicole. Then right? you and I went for lunch on the at the uh, commissary. Yeah, and I remember, which was lovely. We talked about David Bowie and Radiohead, and it was right. And then you tested with Nicole for us. We thought it was great. We recorded that, and then we showed that to the network a few days later. And they obviously were like, "This is great." It, was, it wasn't <laughs> a few days later because I remember
1: leaving and thinking, nah, didn't get it." <laughs> really? It. Maybe? It yeah, wasn't. I was convinced. I was convinced. I don't remember. Uh, And so I went down because I, I was due to fly back home the next right. day. And so I'd, I left, and I was like, "Well, it's been fun. It's been an experience. I got to see the buses again, uh, and I had a really nice time doing the the test." Fine. So well, can I, you know I- what? Okay, I'm gonna do what you're not allowed to do as an actor in LA. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get absolutely shit-faced and have <laughs> a burger and fries and uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. And just as I was taking a bite into my burger, I got a call from my agent saying, You've been offered it and uh. you're not going home tomorrow, and we need your passport, and you're gonna be in Charlotte, North Carolina in ten hey. days. <laughs> and
3: so there's I wanna tell one very uh funny story about when we were shooting the pilot it was a couple days in and i remember um generally speaking kenny you know this but generally speaking cast is shuttled back and forth from the hotel to set uh you know whatever and a couple days in you came up to me and you were like hey do you want to drive me to set like, do you want to just, like, we'll just listen to music, we'll go to set together. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, an, an, an
1: hour-long drive yeah. up to...
3: Yeah, and I was just, like, so and, and I was, like, yeah, absolutely, I would love to do that. So I drive you to set, and then <laughs> I get to set, and one of the producers takes me aside and is, like, you can't just take the lead actor. <laughs> you can't just, like... Uh, you know, kidnap him and go wherever you want with him. Like he has to be at a certain place, at a certain time. So that was one of the lessons that I learned, uh, shooting this, but I do have a question for you. That's now, a, that's a
0: teamster is, issue right there. You're, yeah, you're running, of, you're yeah. running foul some people you don't yeah. <laughs> want to want to foul
3: Yeah. Yeah. My question <laughs> to you is this. When this project comes to you, did you watch the movie? Did you think about the Johnny Depp performance? Say, yes. Did no. this inf- influence you no. in any way, shape or form? Interesting. No. So you didn't no. want to be. You didn't want to be influenced by it,
1: no. Mainly because in the UK yeah. we don't really we don't read the book because um, <laughs> it's not. You know, I understand why it's considered classic in America sure. and you know, but no. You mentioned Sleepy Hollow and people just go, Ah, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, right, right, Johnny Depp. And so, if I say there's a TV show based on CB Hollow, I'm like, "Oh, are you Johnny Depp? Are you Johnny right. Depp?" And right. it's you know that that's that big boots.
3: Well, so I want to I want to unpack this in the sense that I want to talk about the role of Ichabod Crane and sort of he, in the in the Disney film, <laughs> he is this weird, tall, lanky teacher with like a receding hairline and a giant nose and he just looks yeah, like this, i've like, only weird... seen that right. since
1: doing the, the right right show. I only so that's, that is
3: the ichabod crane that most people associated prior to this movie coming out then this movie right. comes out johnny depp apparently specifically asked that he wanted to do the makeup he wanted a giant nose he wanted the receding hairline he wanted all this shit and the studio was like no, we paid for Johnny Depp's <laughs> face and we're not interested in caking it in some weird shit. Um, so he, didn't, he wasn't able to hide behind his usual accoutrement that he's so, uh, so adept at doing. Um, but then this becomes Ichabod Crane, right? Like this is the, the, Johnny Depp's performance for all intents and purposes really becomes sort of the definition of the role. So I So guess in America, that- this
1: overtook the cartoon, did it? The, Without I a question. I mean, right, right. Yeah. Okay. The, right. The, the, wow.
0: the, car, the cartoon uh persists only as a ride at Disneyland and right. Disney World. <laughs> right. Uh Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is a is a you know ride people go on, and it's a ride that's been there for 50 plus years. As a as a film, yeah. it is not important in the Disney canon. Nobody yeah. shows this film to people. Well cuz it's it's a, it's a um,
3: short too, right? Like I think it was clumped with something else. I think there were like two things that it was a, it a part sh- of. Well, I could be I, I could be totally wrong. I don't
0: know, but. but to be honest with you Phil, I never even considered showing it to my kids. And they <laughs> they have seen everything. So uh, I I, I might mean, now, does, it, but
3: Yeah. But it does feel like Johnny's performance certainly is like the thing, right? Now, yeah.
0: Yeah, the would, the, uh, yeah, the other ahead. thing I want to say about yeah. Sleepy Hollow in general is I grew up 15 minutes from Sleepy Hollow. From the town wow. of Sleepy Hollow.
4: Um,
0: yeah, it was called something different when I was... I, I forgot what it was called when I was a kid. Um, it's but it, some, it, cha-
3: it is called something else. Hold on. Well, it used up, to yeah. be. like, yeah. it's, like yeah.
0: it's not Ossining, which still exists. But it, it, it was called something different. And then around 99 or so, they, they changed the, name. the yeah. name back to Sleepy Hollow. Did um it- Wow. And even as someone who grew up fifteen minutes, Terrytown from... is what
3: it was in the village of Terrytown, North Terrytown. Tar- I think so.
0: Terrytown still like that. exists, but okay. North Terrytown might have been what it was, and North Terrytown might have changed their name to, just to Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow, Hollow yeah. um, to to capitalize on this. But even as someone who lived fifteen minutes, this was not something we learned. This was <laughs> not local lore. This was just this is. It's not even a thing. Uh it's it's certainly not a book we read. Um it's something you're oh. vaguely yeah, it's something you're vaguely aware of, like the headless horseman is a Halloween character. Yep. You know, yep. much like Michael Myers is a Halloween character. See, I,
1: I always thought that the, the book was kind of one of those school books that that everyone no, is made no. to read. Really?
0: Definitely not. No. Not when you're but young, not when you're old,
1: but maybe around Halloween. And yeah, and yet, the headless horseman is such an enduring and the and the
3: character, Ichabod Crane, which is such an interesting name. It's a name that obviously mm-hmm. stands out. You've got Rip Ben Winkle as well, which is also an interesting name. Like I do think that Washington Irving unintentionally stumbled across these weird iconic things.
0: Yeah, they're 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 kind of this, you know, American lore that kind of exists the way Paul Bunyan exists or Johnny Appleseed exists. These aren't things that you ever read. They're just kind of things that you're aware of, you know?
3: Yep. Yep, totally. And and I, I think that so I mean back to sort of my original question to you Tom which is you saw this film in 99. Um, yeah. do you want to relay to us the story of seeing this film in, in
1: 99? In the cinema. One yeah. of the one of the few films in Woking. The only of the films that we've done. Not in Woking. I went to see it in Richmond in mm-hmm. London. Yeah, and never uh, with <laughs> uh with emily blunt who i was at school with and i t- had no idea whether it was a date i didn't think it was a date but i've since found out it may well have been a date <laughs> i i had no that's idea it's your sliding it's doors safe.
3: moment tom that's your moment oh man you don't know it but like
1: well, it uh, but it shows quite how bad i always was uh, with girls <laughs> with I mean, yeah we went a, out for dinner and i'm, a I'm film. sure and I didn't know if it was a date or not, but mm-hmm. I do remember I sat on a fruit pastel and ruined my trousers. And that, honestly, is the enduring uh, thought. Whenever anyone sure. mentions Sleepy Hollow, the film, even doing the, the show, anyone <laughs> mentions Sleepy Hollow, I think I loved
3: those trousers. That's fantastic. That's that's. I mean, so did Emily like the film? Do you remember if you guys? I remember liked we both
1: movie? we both enjoyed the film. I loved. Tim Burton at the time. I was really obsessed with
3: Tim Burton. Well, it should, um, it, this also has a deep bench of British actors, of of tremendous the British best. actors. The best. So, which is which is part of this whole sort of, you know, milieu that Burton is playing in with this film, which is that it is sort of this old Hammer film-styled film in terms of having this, like, kind of, you know, a a whodunit at the center of it and a sort of murder mystery mixed into it.
1: Yeah, people tend to think of Burton as being kind of horror light horror, but actually this is really the only one of his films that that is actively
3: a horror. Well, I think that you're, you're tapping into something that I think is interesting, which is the misnomer of gothic and horror. Those are think, yeah, two exactly, different things. Exactly right. And I think that he's definitely a gothic filmmaker who loves the aesthetic that comes with that. But he's not a... a like He even says it himself, like, this was my first horror film. And quite honestly, right. I think it's last. If you consider Sweeney Todd a horror film, I don't know. But it does feel like he was dipping his toes into something um, that he had never done before. But it is, it is interesting how, watching this again yesterday, and I don't know if you felt this way, Kenny, but, like, it is a, it's a very bloody movie. I mean, it is, it is a horror film, you know, in terms of... It's not scary, but it is playing in horror tropes, and it is playing in that sort of hammer horror films, obviously, of that period. Um, and then you cast, you know,
1: Christopher Lee and uh, Michael Goff, and, you know, then you've yeah, got... Yes. Yeah, and, really? and Michael Chambon
3: and and like Richard yes. Griffiths, and it's just like you've got this this crazy. Anyway, So go ahead, Kenny. No, I
0: don't know. It's it, it, it it's it's a horror film, I yeah. guess. Thank you. But it's too lush. It's too lush to be scary. It's, it's the, beautiful. The it's too beautiful. The production yeah. value is is yeah. There there's too much money being spent, and it is too well done and beautiful to actually be scary. I know that sounds like weird. Like they,
1: there are scary moments. Like There's a couple of uh, jump scares. The, There's a couple the of scares. Yeah, jump scares, uh, fine. Yeah, but the it was when after the first time he sees the horseman, I think it was, and they're walking back across the bridge. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. hear the footsteps yeah. behind him, yeah. oh, yeah. and yeah. he's and not there. It. And then suddenly he's on yeah. top. That yeah. that was okay. my favourite moment. Yeah. I loved that. I loved I, it, and that was genuinely and scary. It's... And a lot more than you know, hacking and uh, yeah,
3: the blood is is so unrealistic looking, intentionally so. Like it does feel
1: as though there. Apparently, yeah. Tom Stoppard came in to do he to did. doctor the script. He did it specifically a, uh, yeah, to make it. Yeah. Yes, but with particular emphasis on bringing down the violence. Yes, Andrew
3: Kevin Walker's script, which I have not read, but I can only assume, considering <laughs> what he also wrote in 1999, Fight Club and Eight mm My assumption is that it was a dark movie, um, and I think that yes, I think that once Tim Burton came in, this is the other thing too, where it's like Tim Burton's still kind of, you know, a four quadrant filmmaker. Like he's not an idiot; he still wants to make movies for as many people as he possibly can. So, like, he knows that. Andrew Kevin Walker's Sleepy Hollow script is not mm-hmm. going to cut it. Like that's not going to get where I need to go. But I also think what's interesting too is it's a it, as is the case with Burton, certainly you know spotty here and there. But he's an homage filmmaker, right? Like if you look at Ed Wood, Ed Wood is obviously a Valentine to Ed Wood. Mars Attacks is basically an Ed Wood movie if he got fifty million dollars to make a movie. This is a Hammer film love to, love letter to all those horror films that he loved as a kid. So like. Because there's that loving kind of quality that you're talking about, Kenny, it makes it less scary, right? Like, there's there's just there's too much care. being put And, then, into it and then you
1: add something brilliantly, Burton, where when a head's cut off, it spins round. It yes. spins round yeah. on the head before falling off, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> and that's such a good way. If you don't want it to be too gruesome, you yeah. add just a little element of Burton gothic cartoon yeah.
0: Totally. There, there, there. Yeah, there there are two things at work here that you know a grown-up knows going into this movie. One is what we're saying, Mm -hmm. both what they're saying. It's the Tim Burton element, and it's Mm. the way it looks. And you know, from the moment you're going in, that they're not going to fuck you up. This isn't. (laughs) This isn't the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you turn that on and you think I could be fucked up. Like this could this this could fuck up my night or my life. <laughs> um, but totally. it, you know, you don't know, and that's the thrill of it for me. Which for is sure. like, I kind of want my life to be fucked up. But with <laughs> Sleepy Hollow, you go and you know, like, look, this movie, what it made two hundred. Uh, it made, uh, t-
3: made $200 million. Uh, it made two hundred million dollars.
0: Made two hundred million dollars for a was reason. A of-
3: Seventy. So one uh, um, Yeah, it's a uh. PG
0: thirteen movie. I mean, Rollins is. I mean, my my son is such a nut. He's literally sitting there with his phone, looking up, and he goes, he goes well all right this says it's for 12 plus like i'll be fine he's nine he said this is for 12 plus like i guess i'll i, I guess i will lower myself and watch this child's movie with you Dad. <laughs> um
3: <laughs> i do want to very just very quickly give a synopsis for the people who haven't seen sleepy hollow it's set in 1799 based on washington irving's class like they're tale. still listening uh they're listening ichabod yeah, green is set dude. to sleepy hollow to him the decapitations of three people with the culprit being the legendary apparition the headless horseman uh sleepy hollow opened on november 19th 1999 in second place behind the world is not enough i'm assuming you all that opening weekend tom i can only assume i did maybe i'm sure i did uh and ahead of pokemon the bone collector and dogma that's a that's a murderer's row right there that's a really interesting weekend oh, we've done them all We've done them all. Uh, it would go on to make $207 million on a $70 million budget. It has 69% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 80 from audiences. Roger Ebert gave the film three and a half stars, saying Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow begins with a story that would not have distinguished one of the lesser films from the Hammer horror franchise and elevates it to sheer style and acting into something entertaining and sometimes rather elegant. The best-looking horror film since Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. What it depends upon is Burton's gift for effects and a superb performance by Johnny Depp who discards everything we may have ever learned or thought about it from scratch the ending is perhaps too traditional Burton at least doesn't linger over this or exploit it He's too much in love with his moody setup to ruin the fun with final overkill. The most astonishing thing for me about the movie wasn't The Horseman anyway, but the fact that I actually found myself drawn into this old classics illustrated material, enthralled by a time and place so well evoked that The Horseman almost seemed natural there. Then he has a note at the end of his reviewer. He says, no power on earth could drag from me the identity of the unbilled actor who plays The Horseman when he has a head. You will agree he is the only logical choice. Which I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. I mean Chris Watkins inspired casting, but let's I mean great overplaying your hand. Great to yeah. if uh, you're
1: gonna an actor uh, who isn't gonna to to... say a word, but is going to bring so much to <laughs> the very end when he throws um, huh? Miranda onto the front of his horse. And the bite with the blood, the kiss. The bite with the blood, but before that the sort of it's threatening but it's sexually suggestive. Coming with me. It's so much in one look And it's genuinely brilliant I have no idea how he did it And no one else other than Walken could do that It's, it's fantastic Max
0: it, Shrek Walken oh, wow, Like the, the best him, him leaning into that Wild-eyed, wild, yeah. eyed, wild- uh. hair Thing that he's allowed that P- okay. I think that's really What to do but um
3: well, you know, it's it's what I love about this is he's cast as this horseman gets to set and says, "I don't know how to ride a horse," so, <laughs> oh, so, it's true. So all of his is that coaches, a shock? <laughs> it's not a surprise to me, but I just love that. To be perfectly honest, it actually works the style of it when you see that flashback of him and he's on horseback and he's like you know slashing away at all those soldiers. It's completely. It's all silhouette, basically. Anyway, it's it doesn't matter that he's on a hobby horse or he's on some sort of a fucking whatever. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter. And it's just. I don't know. I, I think it adds to the style of it. I think it adds to the the, the campiness that exists with this, uh, the tone that that Burton's yeah. trying to do. I Time Magazine says something which is that Burton's richest, prettiest, weirdest film since Batman Returns. The simple story bends to his twist, freeing him for an extra. I do think that. This is, and I, I forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think the film of his that has ever won an Academy Award. Um, it won Best Production Design as it rightly should. It's yeah. one of the most exquisite looking films yeah. I've ever seen, even to this day. Um, almost ninety percent of this film was shot on sound stages, so mm-hmm. if you think about a horse at full gallop.
1: <laughs> yes, I remember someone during <clears throat> Hollow* yeah. telling me that they built the entire forest in the biggest soundstage in the world in London. In London, and they built a track in a circle mm-hmm. so that you can pop the camera right in yeah. the middle and it, and have the horseman it around this circle. Yeah. And if you follow it in the right way, then it doing a tracking shot, a straight. That's
3: incredible. So brilliant. It's completely inspired. I mean, part of this too is Emmanuel Lubezki shoots this film who is obviously one of the greatest cinematographers that's that's ever been. Yeah. Uh and you know, so for him I imagine this was just a blast, right? He got to play in a whole new sandbox with all the toys and all the stuff that he wanted to do. But it's all forced perspective. Whenever you've got these big wide shots of the hills and what have you, it's all smoke and forced perspective. So it looks Mm -hmm. like it's just this gargantuan thing that it's not. Um, It's, I mean, really the only exteriors are of the town, which they built in like the woods or out in, you know, wherever the hell they built it. Um, It's just an exquisite, and, and the costumes, like everything about this to me is just you know, anyone who works in below the line, this is just
1: a, a heralded movie. Which is why it's so successful. I yes. think it's yes. entirely down to that because when you've got something silly as a headless horseman and Correct. the type yeah. of story that they're doing, you have yeah. to be completely, you have to create a very real world, even though it's in a heightened Gothic world, you believe it. And it's very telling that, I've got my little note, that. Yeah. Which I've been doing. I've got all of the <laughs> podcasts like it's that we've done, uh, starting back. You could it. put it
3: in our podcast like it's museum somewhere. I
1: mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and for this film, I've, yeah, I've got like cause <laughs> one, one page, because I just completely lost myself in it. Yeah, I know.
3: It's it. It's also it. it's a swift hundred minutes. It doesn't overstay its welcome. There's always something happening. It's never. It always feels as though there's a twist or a turn or there's something. And and I and perhaps you know to your ultimate point, it pulls you in. The world is so beautiful and captivating that you're just sucked into it. Mm. That it's 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 hard not to just. It, it flies by. It really does.
1: Um, I'll never so, get bored of fruity old bricks giving guilty looks, guilty <laughs> looks at each other. Uh, Ooh, there's a lot friends. of them in this. Ooh, movie. There's so many like right.
3: pregnant pauses and looks towards. It's crest. and when you give that
1: to like Gambon and oh my you know Richard Griffiths, they're going to Richard sh- Griffith, yeah, it up. It's
3: well, even just it's like brilliant. I was. I there's there's so many obviously great moments in this, but I think Gambon's death is one of my favorites because he <laughs> is he it, he's in a church, he's standing on this pulpit, he's screaming about conspiracy and that someone's coming for him, and then a fucking picket fence, flies through the glass, the stained glass window, through his chest and just pulls him right out of the fucking church. And he's just like you can tell that all of them are having so much fun just absolutely hamming it up. They're all just This is the thing.
1: This is the thing is when you have... A script like this, and you know it's a director like Tim Burton, and you know that it's going to have, uh, you know, D- Danny Effman making it sound amazing, yeah, yeah, and you've got, yeah. basically, he's going to make it look amazing. Yeah. You could get any actor in the world. There's not a single actor in the world who wouldn't want to be a part of it.
3: So before we dive into the plot and get to our Tim Burton picks, I want to ask you about a question that was sort of... As I was watching Sleepy Hollow, I was thinking about it. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on this. Um, it's sort of the idea of, of the tactile versus the CGI, right? Like this movie is incredibly tactile, right? There's, I mean, obviously there's some CG effects of a horse <laughs> diving out of a tree, for instance. Um, or, you know, uh, Chris Watkins' face, what have you. But... Um, you know, what did you guys... And, and actually, Kenny, I'm curious as to what your... If your son even tracked this as well. But, like, that idea of... There's a generation of people, of kids now, that, like, nothing is fucking built, right? Like, it's everything is in front yeah. of a fucking green screen. So, did did he clock the fact that, like, this was a forest and this was a horse and, like, all this stuff was, like, real? Did you guys feel like it had... I, it's one of the things I love about this movie, but I guess I'm just wondering what you guys felt about it
0: I don't remember um <laughs> <Okay. Cool. laughs> i i i I mean I could speak kind of generally because i yeah. i i I remember my son not saying anything about it right and he is a smart Alec in that. He, he will immediately call out bad CG. He'll immediately call out bad practical effects. He really gets off on that. And that is not what happened watching uh, this film. So that says something. I, sure. I,
1: it's always more satisfying, but it might be because, you know, we're of the generation that didn't have good CG. But Tim, because I was thinking about it, watching it that Tim Burton and Terry Gilliam are two examples of directors who work so much better when they don't have CG. I uh, was thinking... When, these, the, this, when, they, yeah. when they have to be creative and artistic and have it there, it's mm-hmm. infinitely better and infinitely more suited so to much their, better. their style. Because well, there's, uh, there's a
3: lot of people that feel like this is the movie, the last great Tim Burton movie, right? Like that he kind of goes right. off of a cliff at this point because, I mean... Alice in Wonderland is is an abomination of a movie. And part of it is because you're just inundated with this very fake-looking world in a way that is just – feels antithetical to his work. Like, that's what's so interesting to me is that I guess – I mean, even Dumbo, which I I think is maybe the the best iteration of that for him – but still, it's just, like, it's missing that that tangible kind of feeling.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, uh, we watched, my son and I, he's six, mm-hmm. not that long ago, we watched um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Sure. Uh, the, the film, mm-hmm. um, and one of my favorite books, and okay. the film is, you know, it's not the book, uh, or the TV series, uh, or the radio show. Uh, it's at the bottom of the hitchhiker's list. But we loved it, and we loved it because, um, because the you know, the Vogons are there. They pe- they're, built the suits, and Marvin is there walking around with them. And so my son was obsessed with it because of that. He loved that you can tell that there's people in a room with a depressed robot, and that's a lot funnier and a lot better than if it was, you know, a, a CG right. one. also just look at the Mandalorian that yeah. wh- who's yeah, yeah, the yeah. most, uh, the mm-hmm. most popular character in genre of the last five, 10 years. And it's baby Yoda. And <laughs> I, you might know this story, but it, he was going to be um, yep. CG baby Yoda mm-hmm. and only fractionally they'd have the, the little um, mm-hmm. puppet. And it was the first time uh, Baby Yoda's first outing was with Werner Herzog in one of his scenes. And they said, uh, halfway through, they did his, his stuff. And they said, OK, get, get rid of the puppet and um, bring the balls and we'll do CG. And Herzog was like, what? What? And stopped them and was like, what the fuck are you doing? And they said, well, it's it's going to be mainly CG. It's it's this puppet. And he went berserk. And them, he called them... F- Fucking cowards, is his exact <laughs> words. If you're doing CG, you're fucking cowards. And persuaded them to do the whole thing. With That's fantastic. Voice.
3: That's the best no. thing.
1: That's fantastic.
0: I, I want to get into this a little, a little more mm-hmm. because this what is kind off. of this is kind of fascinating to. So I love him,
3: Werner, uh, the <laughs> hero. But I,
0: I, I, so I uh, I'm, I'm a little fascinated by this because what you're saying is, you know, demonstrably true. Burton's work falls off right around this point, you know? And, like, you know, look, Planet of the Apes was not um, CG. Planet of no. the Apes was, was pretty tactile as well, but... Phil, that
1: bit- face, the mention of Planet of the Apes, your Because
3: it's face. the moment. It's the moment when I was like, oh, no, what but there's
0: There's something here that I want to kind of hone in on, which is It's not the practical effects and the physical costumes that make Burton's work work. Mm -hmm. It's the stories. There's something else going on here. So why can't he also Mm -hmm. find a good script or a a, a workable, exciting script that works in CG? We've all seen films that, Mm -hmm. that rely heavily on CG, including movies in 1999. Yeah. Uh, that are incredible. That that work really yeah. well. So, what is it about Burton that mean, that, that makes it? Because it's it's well, not uh, to me. It's perhaps, not just that he can't that you can't no, touch. For sure.
1: yeah. P- perhaps it's uh, we all know that uh, what is what ends up on the screen is often wildly different to what is on mm-hmm. the page. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing CG, you have to hand it over to other people. You'd explain mm-hmm. it as best as you can, but at the end of the day, it's people with a computer. Whereas Tim oh, yeah. Burton, who has always been an artist mm-hmm. and you know, drawn and made things, if it's practical and it's there, he can work it. Yeah, And he has complete control. So it's, it's, it's definitely his story being told in the way that he wants it to tell rather than people, you know, yeah, you get the it's, wrong guy. That's
0: I a really excellent point.
3: It's, I think it's very He's much, skinny. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's absolutely you're true. And the question I think that perfectly. The the, 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 I think that the, the fulcrum point for him is actually Mars Attacks, which is that he wanted the Martians to be stop motion and Warner Brothers was like,
1: no,
0: give it a shot.
1: Fucking cowards. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, kind of
0: cowardly. Yeah. But no, they, they, they just, threw, they threw a MacBook at him and said, "No, nah, you're using this.
3: But I think the aliens in – or the Martians in Mars Attacks are fantastic. They're the best part of that movie. And I think that ultimately, you know, when push comes to shove, that was the moment when he was like, oh, wait a second. I can do stuff I want to do with computer-generated effects. Mm. Then he goes and he develops – because, I mean, as as I'm sure you guys know, maybe you don't know, he spent many years developing Superman Lives – um he was supposed to make a superman movie with Nicolas cage playing superman there's a whole documentary and footage of it and if you haven't seen it you should see it because it's real weird and i don't know what that movie was going to be but it was going to be a lot of cg and it was going to be a very sort of it was going to his most overtly sci-fi thing um it might have been the end of his career quite frankly i'm not i'm not sure that movie would have (laughs) worked Um, but that movie hits the skids, and he basically gets thrown into, jumps into Sleepy Hollow immediately after that, which is the exact mm. opposite. And I think there's something to be said for a guy who spent two years developing a movie that was going to be mostly computer generated into a hammer film love letter to those horror films. That's entirely on sound stages that has very little computer generated effects. Um, and, and that it is one of his best films, because I think to what you guys are saying, there is a love for him being like, I can see this. I can touch this. I understand this in a way that maybe he doesn't with CGI. And, and Wonderland is being the prime example of what happens when he just goes way too far down the other road. Um, but I, I but but to your point, Kenny, I agree with you. A story is a story, and, is a story is a story. Well, but, no, I yeah.
0: think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is is Another pretty case. revolting as well. Uh, for many like, reasons. Like, feel like, like truly like physically difficult to like stomach. Yeah. Um yeah. For, and a lot of and a lot of that is due to and a lot of that is due to the 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 copious yeah. use of CGI when it shouldn't have been. But yeah. um and, yeah, and Johnny
3: Depp's he, performance, which was apparently inspired by Michael Jackson and Oscar Wilde. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, who he we definitely hung out with Oscar Wilde. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a yeah. it's
1: ridiculous. Also, it's ridiculous. What, a, also cause, what a
0: pretentious
1: cause, thing because, um, Burton has such a distinct uh style and yes. such a look. And I mm-hmm. mean, the fact that you can describe things as Burton esque, there aren't yes. very many people who right. actually have their own mm-hmm. word. So from an actor's point of view, mm-hmm. to be able to actually inhabit Act that world is, yeah. is brilliant. And so that's what watching Sleepy Hollow. I thought, how fun to to actually go and be in the village. He well, gets was just, to that design a my... village, and the village is built. And there's a guy running around, you know, dressed as a horseman, and that's well, what I that was going to do. My, that's my what you don't yeah. want to be in front of it. Green screen.
3: A green screen, well, I was going to ask you, I mean, obviously, as an actor, not to ask an obvious question, but like it doesn't compare right? I mean, like when you no, have to no, no, essentially no. just imagine something in front of you uh, as opposed to seeing the fucking thing, like there's just no question what you would prefer yeah, 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 easily so in terms of the actors, um, Johnny Dupp was always the first choice, but Wait, the studio so i want opener, to just, I yeah.
0: just want to ask one more kind of general question of about the t g i versus of course, of course. Um, physical yeah. locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, could he do it today? Um, because the, the, the story yeah. is now, now there, there, there is a two part question. The Story is always what you just said in, um, in terms of, uh, Mars attacks. He wants to do it a certain way. The studio demands that it's CG. Okay. So if we assume that the studio would allow it, which is its own question, mm-hmm. yeah. would the public accept it? Would a public accept a, a Sleepy Hollow-esque or yes. Edward-esque I, I think or so. Edward esque edward scissorhands esque world. I think I so. Think so my, uh, it, so in, why don't we try, is, is I guess my <laughs> question. Uh, because question, yeah. probably
1: the answer to the first bit of the question, whether the studio yeah, would um, allow it, is, is no.
3: I think that if, if tomorrow, if this version didn't exist, and Tim Burton went to a studio today and said, I want to make a Sleepy Hollow movie... I think he probably could still do what he wants to do. This movie's budget, which is pr- on the higher end of things. I think ultimately he still would have got it made. I think to your grander or your greater point, Kenny, is that 99.9% of this industry wouldn't allow it to get made. I think that the probably the closest thing that I can think of recently is the Green Knight. You know, David Lowry was yeah. given, you know, 20, 30 million dollars to make. A pretty alienating film about, about a night. I loved it too more. I, I thought, thought he got it. a
1: lot
0: more money than that, but
3: maybe I'm wrong, but I I I don't I don't know how much it got in terms yeah. of budget. But it's a it's a gorgeous film. Love that it exists. I actually think that I I, I Blank Check did an episode on Sleepy Hollow and David Lowery it was their guest on that episode. And I don't think that's a I don't think that's a coincidence. Like I think that Sleepy Hollow is definitely a touchstone for for green Knight, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um but that's an anomaly to your point kenny right like the green night the reason one of the reasons why people are so excited about it is because it, it feels so unlike anything out there in it. I,
0: I was i was right it's not 20 or 30 it's only 15 so okay, um so, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so I, yeah I'm right again over yeah. here um is <laughs> just like your like, wife <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, David Lowry made a real a, had a really great use of CG yes. in Pete's Dragon. He did, um, he did. Yeah. That, It that 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 really yeah. does kind of meet you in the middle um totally. and that dragon yeah. feels like a real creature. So, you know, he's yeah. he's a special filmmaker in his own right, but
3: For sure, for sure. And I and I think that I mean not to not to state the obvious, but I do think that A24 as a as a studio is going out of its way to nurture these types of voices, nurture these people that mm-hmm. are trying to make films that quite frankly we were making far more often 20, 30 years ago. Mm. Um, but but I do think it's I do think it's interesting, Kenny. You're not wrong. We're not, we're just, we're not
0: and we're not part trying. Of it's we're a bunch of cowards. Not,
3: we are a bunch of cowards. I mean, just look at what JJ Abrams did with the first. I mean he was adamant that the first Star Wars, that the Force Awakens have as much you know, practical effects as possible, practical makeup, practical creatures. And they pushed back on it. And they were just like, it's like like they learned nothing from the prequels. But anyway, I digress. I, I wanted to to mention some of the actors that the studio essentially, I don't want to say forced, but wanted Tim Burton to to talk with about Ichabod. Uh, Liam Neeson, Brad Pitt, and Daniel Day Lewis very much would have loved to have seen Daniel Day Lewis's Ichabod Crane. Sure would have would have been here for it. Brad Pitt too, um, but but obviously I think it was always going to be Johnny Depp. I don't think that anybody questioned that. Um, yeah, I, I want to kind of let's let's jump through the through the plot here a little bit. There's not a, I mean, listen, people know the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. There's not a not a tremendous amount of stuff we need just talk about in terms of the plot, but there's some things that I did kind of want to talk about a little bit. I want to talk about the, the opening portion of this film, which. Um, was a studio note and was not how the film originally opened. The film originally opened with Ichabod in New York finding the body before he gets sent to uh, to Sleepy Hollow. So that whole Martin Landau opening, who's great, Martin Landau should be in everything, rest in peace, but you know my point. Um, that whole opening was because they wanted essentially a cold open for a television show, right? Like they wanted a cool opening that that saw the horseman, that saw somebody get beheaded. And they sort of retroactively added that in there. What I love about it is it's a silent movie. Like the first like seven mm. to 10 minutes of the film are mm. just, a, and bordering on black and white as well. I mean, this movie is very monochromatic, intentionally so, but it's beautifully shot. That whole opening, I just absolutely adore. Um, and obviously, you know, the Martin Lando thing is a nice, Nod to to Ed Wood and what have you. But what did you guys think of the opening?
4: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
2: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: But, uh, I, I didn't oh. know that it, it was an option to have not started with that yeah, to right, start right. with him in New York <laughs> because that would that would make no sense. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. it, no, it would have been a it would have been a boring way to start. Totally. Whereas if you're going into this, you know, brilliantly imaginative world, mm-hmm. go straight in at the deep end. Totally. And, and then i a little bit of the fucking character stuff. <laughs> um,
3: I'm also. Oh, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love a movie that doesn't give me a title until a good ten minutes into the film. Oh I me! Mean, yes, like, me
1: too. Me right? too. Like I, or, the later, the better. Uh, yeah. When a, a movie title comes up at the end of a film before the yes, credits, also I find great. that also deeply
0: great. satisfying. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I "Yes!" I that's what love I just that. Watched. It, it, that is a great feeling. That's such yeah. a triumphant feeling when yeah. Yeah. the title only comes up when the movie ends. You're like, "Yeah!" <laughs> when I great. watched the first great. episode of Squid Game, I wanted that, but I instead I just shouted, "Squid Game!"
3: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so so we then, we get to Sleepy Hollow. We meet our whole cast of characters. We have a great scene where Ichabod meets all of the various nefarious British actors that they've decided to put all in one room. Uh, and it's like Clue. It's like he's just sitting there and he's doing like Columbo as he's walking around them and pretending like he's, I just think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, I also just, and this is the, I imagine the Tom Stoppard stuff of the fact that anytime there's a shot of a book or the inside of a book it's basically telling you everything that's about to come ahead from like, it's all just like if you're paying attention to anything we're telling you everything as it's about to come um right. then we get the flashback of chris walken uh as the horseman which is great uh with his sharpened teeth great and teeth just it's and the just all of it's just great um Obviously, we see the little girl breaking the stick, which calls back, obviously, at the end when we realize who that little girl is. Um, we talked a little bit about this, but I'll, I just want to underline it again just one more time. Every time we see a horse running a full gallop, it is inside a soundstage. Now, I don't it's know if crazy. you guys have been in a soundstage. stage, <laughs> but it's But it's, the idea of it is terrifying to me because it's not that big a space. <laughs> like, if you're lucky... It's relatively big, but it's filled with all these stages. So, like, it's not or sets and what have you. So, it's really not that spacious. The idea of a horse running full gallop down a soundstage is terrifying to me, but I think <laughs> it's amazing. Um, we should talk a little about Ichabod's steampunky kind of component. Uh, his mm-hmm. god- uh, Yeah, I've, yeah. Uh,
1: that was actually one of the few notes that I put, mm-hmm. and I thought that's where it got. That was a, a burpinism too far for okay. me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I mean, it's become it's since become you know yeah. iconic. iconic it's the, the, yeah. the It's the image of the film is him with those big. And there was another example uh,
4: mm-hmm.
1: later on, but it kind yeah. of sticks out when you when you've got this really really weird world. Yeah, you don't need to then add on something. It it didn't seem right. It seemed like. It's a little that hat on a hat was a bit of a joke, you know.
3: Yeah, it's it definitely feels like. Wouldn't it be cool? And then you're like, but would it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Because> <laughs> everything else, everything else is cool enough. They yeah. don't need. Yeah. I like, I've never heard the saying hat on a hat, but yeah. you're right. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Yeah,
0: you only need it, one hat. <laughs> one hat,
1: and that's true. True. that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that
3: how it works. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I tend to agree with you. This time around, I did find myself. There's also like, it's revealed too. Like they make a big. He he kind of goes down and he pulls them back on his and face it, in such an exaggerated fashion that you're just like, we all right.
1: Like you know, they 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 were doing it and they could yes. picture a, a, a cinema full of people pissing themselves. At it. <laughs> yes. That was definitely a, a yes. Groucho Marx little holding cigar good. and raising his eyebrows at the camera. <laughs> Type moment.
3: It definitely, it definitely feels yeah. that way for sure. The other, I think, one of the most iconic images, I would say, from Sleepy Hollow, just across the board, is the pumpkin on fire being thrown at him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a great, like, it's just, it's the whole thing, right? Like that, that is, if you're thinking about Sleepy Hollow, that's the thing. Um, yeah. The flashbacks. I'm curious what you guys thought about the flashbacks of young Ichabod, um, and well, listen.
1: I can tell you that when you've got a character like Ichabod Crane, don't <laughs> fuck about with family stuff.
3: Like you James know. Bond. Don't tell me about James Bond's parents. I don't care.
1: Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or or Especially Freddie anyone or in the Freddy family witches, You
3: know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. it. I will say that seeing Lisa Marie in this really hammers home that Tim Burton's got a type. You've got Lisa Marie. <laughs> yeah. You've got Helena Bonham Carter. Now Ava Green. Like it's just like we get it, man. Like you definitely. Uh, yeah.
0: He, I, I also kind of think they conform to a type. I don't yes. know if Ava Green was that before she got into the you know <laughs> In the, the Burton Burton Household. game. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, I yes. agree. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, okay, so this is the role I have to play now. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like, you know, you've all you have seen the pictures of Brad Pitt with all his girlfriends, how he's like human tofu and just becomes <laughs> and his they, girlfriends. He yeah, just it's copies his best. girlfriends.
3: Human tofu is the greatest thing I've ever heard. I've never heard of that yeah. before. Yeah, he yeah. really is. It's crazy. I use, it's it just,
0: I use it to describe one of my children. I won't tell you which one.
3: Oh boy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have a question for you, Tom, about Johnny's performance Do you feel that it is Like I think it's a funny Performance right like I think when he's Leaning into the cowardly I'm a Coward I'm scared of my own shadow He faints like 10 times in this Movie um, What are your feelings about it do you think it's a little Too much like I, I no. It doesn't bother me necessarily but I'm just curious as to what you think
1: No I think I think it's pretty Well placed it's, it's tricky that he's You know his Ichabod is bright, going into a a world that he doesn't quite believe in. Yeah. And, but at at the centre of, if you're doing it according to the book, he's a coward, but you can't be a a cowardly um, uh, detective. It it doesn't really work. (laughs) That really wouldn't work. So ignoring the cowardice for a bit and focusing on he's just someone who's perpetually puzzled and mm-hmm. trying to work things out. And then just allowing the cowardice to come out through fainting, fainting really well as well. He uh, does, he kills over a moment. lot of spins and falls yeah.
4: It's <laughs> brilliant. And ball. then that's,
1: that's everything that you need to know about him. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's a, a scaredy cat. It's just that his body switches off Love that <laughs> when yes. something frightening—it's it's frightening—happens.
3: Um, the moment when the headless horseman flies out of the tree, when he sees the head, like, when he sees the tree open up, the 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 tree of the dead or the tree of death or whatever they're calling it, um, and the horseman literally like tree of souls, tree of souls, tree of the yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> it makes me think about a moment when we were working on the pilot of the show because I remember. Um, it was it was myself and, and Bob and Alex and Len, and we were sitting there, and I can't remember if it was Alex or Bob, but one of them wanted the horseman to kind of breach out of the water, like, basically just, like, to literally, like, fly oh, out of I the water, of full yeah. thing. And I remember Len saying, yeah, that's a movie idea. That's not a TV idea. <laughs> 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 Which I just think is, I mean, and it does show the difference, right? Like, I mean, putting all of the streaming stuff aside and the budgets that a lot of these shows get nowadays... It is interesting that like television is just more intimate. It's smaller. That's not a bad thing, but no. like you can't you can't do some of these crazy effects things that uh, <laughs> at least on broadcast. But uh, no, but quite.
1: Like I mentioned earlier, we had uh, in the original script there was a helicopter that comes in and yes. chases. Yes. But <laughs> there was a, a bit where the horseman rides his horse over a car, Yeah, yeah. 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 jumping over a, a police car, yeah. and you know what did the helicopter become? Just, a uh, just like I think it was like a
3: police cruiser that shoots us. Yes. <laughs> was a bike?
0: It was a man on a bike? Yeah, it was basically that. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's
3: it's yeah. It, one of yeah. one of the one of the greatest things about working with Bob and Alex is that they just go for it, and they're just like, and then we'll do this and this. I'm like, listen, guys, if we can do it, let's do it. But I mean, mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Um, it's like, I, it's I, like my uh,
0: favorite entourage story when we wrote in Leonardo DiCaprio, assuming so we can get him, <laughs> and uh, went all the way down and wound up casting Queen Latifah.
3: <laughs> if that's not a perfect distillation of hollywood i don't know what is yeah
0: that was that was season, <laughs> that was season seven on entourage wow. the, ta- the, ta- the town really told us where we stood <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, I want to talk about one of my favorite images of the whole movie. And it's one of the first things I remember seeing from the movie, which is that when the trailer dropped, there's a little boy and a lantern in his bedroom. And there's these beautiful shadows that are being cast from this lantern it's like kind of like almost like a zoetrope and you're seeing this horseman that's riding mm-hmm. in the shadows all around mm-hmm. his bedroom walls and it's an exquisite image even if it you know actually makes no fucking sense like if you look at it you're like he would be in the way of this so like you couldn't actually physically have all of this stuff around like it actually doesn't logically make any sense but what it is. There's is yeah, yeah there, <laughs> there's no there shadow of, of the mother and the son but doesn't matter Point is, that whole sequence is exquisite. The way that it's lit mm. is just absolutely gorgeous. And it's still happening while the mother is getting killed and she's got this horseman that's cast across her as she's in the... Um, and then just that shot of the little boy looking up and seeing his mother's dead eyes through the slit in the floor. Like Amazing. It's all really
1: good shit. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. Uh, And then just, somehow the, the horseman uh, then realizes that there's a boy... It goes back and kills kills for him, the kid. Which then, which then doesn't, yeah, wow. Uh, which then, again, that doesn't make a great deal of sense because later on he, he doesn't really know who's around and where and he doesn't clock in the in the, you know, in the denouement where he's mm-hmm. looking for someone and doesn't know where they are. Yes. But he's aware of a child, you know. But well, the great you, thing about yes. this world is that I don't care. don't care. Yeah, don't yeah. care. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm don't a fucking care. pedant, but I don't care in this film
3: well it's interesting you're you're you are underlining one of the bigger logical issues i think which is the horseman is only there to kill the people that he needs to kill right that he's been told to kill there's no reason that's to kill what the I kid yes, like it's not a, what, right. a witness non-witness situation it's about people mm-hmm. that are uh, no know certain knowledge the kid doesn't care if i ha- yeah, so your point is completely valid i think tim burton just wanted to kill a kid that's what i think
1: <laughs> May or maybe Miranda Richardson fucking hated that kid. Maybe, maybe hated that character kid. Or just <laughs> that's true too. So write yeah, him in the, the death notebook.
3: I um yeah. I, I will a, say as much as I'm not a fan of of the Ichabod backstory and it's funny, Kenny. You bring up uh, w- uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, another person I don't want to know anything mm-hmm. about. I don't need Nothing. backstory on fucking Willy Wonka, and I don't need a prequel with Timothy Chalamet oh, as Willy Wonka. So beautiful, though, isn't he? he's a beautiful man. Mm. I'm not taking that away from him, but I don't that's, need to see him. So I've heard. Is
1: it just so like let him let him pop on his little hat, <laughs> and you know, jump around, and I, I'll be happy with it. You know, <laughs> that's what his agent said. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let him put on his little hat let him pop around that's acting though isn't it that's, they, that's <laughs> what life for choose you pop on a hat and, and jump about a bit and have a it's wonderful so, time and then go home for a bath
0: it's so hard to get a movie made yep. and it's so hard to, to nail the right thing for a reboot mm-hmm. of a franchise or a reimagining of a franchise and yet this idea of let's take this you know Ineffable character and learn about where he came from happens all the time. All the
4: time,
0: like uh, fucking James Franco playing young Wizard of Oz. Ah, yeah. Come on,
3: <laughs> it's yeah. I, I'm with you, Kenny. I, we we talked about this a little bit when the first image dropped, I think, the other day of yeah. Timothy, yeah. Uh, dressed up as as Willy Wonka, looking like with the like just eye fucking the audience, I'm just yeah, like yeah,
0: the, the Wonka who fucks
3: the Wonka who fucks is what America apparently wants. Him. So that being said, I agree with you, Kenny. I'm just like, who wanted this? Who it's so this?
0: hard to reboot these things. And these are such lame ideas. I think the I think the thought process is, and by the way, they'll do it with Ichabod too. But I think the thought process <laughs> is, if this succeeds, we have like 25 years of story before they get where they need to get. Yeah. But um, it never succeeds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so when, when was the last big budget film that isn't ip is is an original ip that you can think
0: of oh free guy the best one of them all
3: (laughs) but isn't that also just ip no it's not i
0: haven't seen it
3: i've seen i've seen clips of that and it is it's dead it's deadpool again it's a whole bunch of like references to a bunch of fucking things
0: Uh, first of all it's not references second of all like that that that's ridiculous. And you can that you can't you can't say it's it's IP because it's like other stuff. Everything's like something else. It is not IP. It is it is it literally has not a lightsaber. Pre-sold. Does he not at one point at the end of the movie they reach into all of this Disney IP. So because like they do in Fortnite oh. or whatever. But that is not like for these weapons. But that's not what they're selling the movie on. And regardless, like the whole idea idea is it's not pre sold. It's not. It's not a, a piece, It's it's not a piece of IP. I don't
3: know how else to put it. I I I. Is I it hear You, it you know, the start I'm, of
0: a franchise?
3: Probably, uh, but that's it could be. Your yeah. my, my, you're. I, I'm not. I'm not really disagreeing with you on this specific instance, Kenny. But in terms of like something that is, that is completely in no way, shape, or form, you know, some sort of a. I mean, is is. Harder to find.
0: They they try, The thing is, and this is why I'm so into free guy. They try every year, and they fail every year. And people on the internet are savage towards people who are actually trying to do things original. Which is like my my biggest fucking bet noir in this business. Yeah. You know when people actually try to do things like. You know, sit in their room yeah. and come up with a spec and come up with an idea and then it actually gets made and people just shit all over it. It really kills
1: me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. So, I think like it you is, said, it's fucking hard to get it made. It's fucking hard. For sure. It's hard to even get it consider someone to consider making it. And yeah. then once you get a group of people together and you actually fucking do something, it, it needs instance. to be
0: well, yeah, we, for instance, I'll, give you, I'll give you an TV example TV. of one I'll give you an example of one that just came out I haven't seen it so this is, it speaks nothing To its quality uh, but the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt that's a completely New idea big budget movie the Kind of thing that if that's a success You might wind up in a situation where You have more Terminators or more Robocops or more things Like we actually grew up on that we love But the Tomorrow War people just I Think without having a piece of IP to kind of go after or or Start discussing. Uh, people just started discussing how much they hate Chris Pratt and wanted him to go away. Um, and the, and this movie, you know, made absolutely no dent. Now I understand it was on. You know, it was in the pandemic. It was on Amazon Amazon, Prime, yeah. Amazon, Amazon which Amazon, yeah. frankly, no one watches.
1: It, though, um, I'm afraid the pedant in me wouldn't shut up during that film. Did you watch <laughs> I just, it? I, I watched it. Yeah. Oh, I watched Frank. it. I watched it. I quite like Chris Pratt and and Saoirse, Gabrielle, who was yeah. in Sleepy Hollow, was in it, and I think she's terrific. Mm. And the you know the performances were great. And but the, it it made no sense to me. You, made no you're sense certainly to me. allowed to hate the movie. Time time it comes out. I, I, time travel. <laughs> was, I, I, they have to be slightly better. I, I think that
0: I, I don't the, really know yeah. what the movie's about, even. But you're allowed to certainly hate it. You 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 have your subjective opinion, which is totally fine. But I root as Phil knows, I root very hard for these like movies that get studios to spend hundred million dollars for new ideas, yeah. and not even because I hate the franchises, just because I know those aren't going anywhere. And uh, and you know,
1: I, you know, I, Penny, I, I also think whenever, <clears throat> whenever I see something that's uh, in the mid budget. Range that the, oh, the, yeah. the 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 area that is almost extinct yeah. now. Mm-hmm. If I ever I see a film in that, I'm going to root for it, and I'm probably yeah, going to go and watch it regardless of what it is because totally. I want those films to keep being named.
3: I, I The same thing can be said for television as well. I mean, I, I know that we're you know right now you know Squid Game's the biggest thing on on you know television or whatever you want to call it, and and it is original and that's fantastic. Um, you know, but then you've got. You know, uh, everyone wants their Squid Game now. Like, it's just, everyone's just going to chase oh, well, that. Thing.
0: Television's a mess. Television's so. a mess and embarrassing. <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I mean, okay. Uh, squid Game to me is proof of one thing. And Phil, you're not going to like what I'm going to say. Okay. But it's proof of one thing, which is uh, Netflix has a big old greater than sign everything else. And there is no universe where any other platform could have launched a show like Squid Game. Squid Game puts it up with no advertising on its front page. Mm -hmm. And it is the biggest fucking show in the world. That is surreal to me. And that's another thing altogether. But yeah, I mean, like Paramount Plus, get your own Squid Game. Come on. How are you going to? Get I to mean, to watch you know,
4: you know
3: my feelings about Netflix, and it's not even that I hate Netflix. I know um, you at all. I don't. I don't hate them. No one. At all. No one is tweeting more I, about Made than you. It's true. Made's great. Um, I I think that the, the the bigger question I have, and Kenny and I have had this discussion many times over, but. You know, Squid Game is all the rage right now, um, as it should be, and it's great. Uh, six weeks from now, no one's gonna be talking about Squid Game anymore because it will have evaporated from the zeitgeist. Oh, yeah. And I'll I think that that, that, that that is that is the the, the biggest problem they have is
1: the not champion. making episodes at the same time. Yeah, yeah, the, not the, making
3: the, a global phenomenon is, is not a problem. They can do that clearly. But making it so it stays in the zeitgeist, and people continue to talk about it as a binge is antithetical. It's not
0: the churn rate is insane. Yeah, uh, but they, at least right now, I mean, it does feel almost like a like a Ponzi scheme. But at least right now, there <laughs> seem to be more content feeding this beast than there are, you know, the, more content than than we're going to run out. Like I, I don't think they're going to run out. Because they have so much money, and because the most powerful piece of marketing real estate in the entire world is the Netflix front page, so you have that, you beat everything else.
3: Yeah, I, which, I, I which, don't disagree um, with you. Yeah.
1: Which do you guys subscribe to? How many of you? Subscribe to? I
0: mean, all all of them all because of them. you know Ooh. that's just I if and if I had to cut, I could live without peacock uh i could live with that i have have amc plus i have shutter i mean i really have all of that so i'm not even i'm uh, not
3: subscribed to those i'm i'm subscribed to to netflix hulu uh criterion channel um criterion um Disney. disney plus hbo max I mean, all, all the ones you Apple, I mean, all the I would drop
0: if if Prime was a standalone service, I'd drop that. Because Prime does nothing for me, but you know, it's essentially but nothing,
3: but I don't watch much of it. I mean, listen, Kenny and I, the other thing too, is that you know with this podcast, which we love doing, um we have a lot of shows to a lot of things to watch, a lot of movies to watch. And you know, when I can just say into my Apple TV such and such movie and it pops up on one of the various streaming services mm-hmm. that that I subscribe to, it makes things a lot easier i I can guarantee you that. There's a bunch of movies that Kenny and I have watched on Amazon Prime just purely Pants. because it just happens to be there. But it's it, it's it's an interesting
1: I, 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 little things just popped up on my computer Uh-oh. saying Squid Game has <laughs> just reached 111 million views. Okay, it just but, came up. It, it just popped up on a uh, little yeah. See, all right,
0: that that to me is way more, way more because they're listening uh, to us. That's an why. example <laughs> of them <laughs> it Yes, it just came I'll, up online too. I'm kidding. Did
3: it? No, <laughs> I, I, I'll just say this though, and and this will be the last thing I say about Netflix, and this is something that Kenny knows is a is a, a bee in my bonnet. That's a meaningless statistic. This idea of, oh, yeah, of a view all and what they constitute as a view is inferior. It's uh, two minutes,
1: isn't it? Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. I two minutes mean, I I guarantee
3: you that Kenny and I could probably come up with content that a hundred million people would listen to two minutes of. Maybe. I mean, that's the credits. That's the opening. And, Kenny says no. no. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not,
4: it.
0: not, yeah, not I, me. I, maybe you. But I, I think I, the, it just as a just as a sister point to that fucking it's not as if neil are you all right
1: kenny are you okay he's fine he's good are you a bit cross
0: uh all right hold on let me get it out um the sister point to that is that drives me nuts is uh everybody complains that netflix is cagey with their their stats it's not Netflix's job to tell you how many people watch the show. Just as it's not NBC's job. NBC doesn't tell you how many people watch their shows. Nielsen tells you how many people. Right. And there is absolutely mm. a way for Nielsen to monitor streaming. This is not that well, difficult.
1: I'll tell so you, Nielsen is, is trying to. I know, and
0: it's streaming. weird that they're not good at it.
1: Well, because it's really, really weird yeah. uh, with C, which mm. uh, is out mm. now on Apple what do they call I it i have it apple have tv it. plus apple yeah. tv plus that's the one yeah. um it's really odd mm-hmm. not having viewing not knowing if it's been watched or not mm-hmm. i mean they- i would rather know that i put something out and no one's watching it mm-hmm. rather than not really secret stats
4: nope
1: Ugh. can i ask no, here's the no thing penny no I, I don't
3: necessarily take issue with I agree with you. It is not their job to tell us how many people watch their things. What I don't like is this in-between bullshit I hear you. I hear where you. they cherry pick the fucking stuff that they want to tell us by their own bizarre metrics and then tout it as the biggest thing in the world. You don't need to tell me that Squid Game is the biggest show in the world. I know. It's all over every fucking social media that I that I subscribe to. I get it. It's a very big show. Um but this then just give us the real hard facts. Don't give us some in-between step of like, 111 million people watched at least two minutes of it. Well, how many people watch the whole fucking thing? Because those are the people that are actually invested in the show.
0: 110 the and, and just, a half, I think.
3: Right, sure, yeah. Have it's you like, seen it's the like first episode? <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: Um, to get back off. to Sleepy
3: Hollow, I, I wanted to just say, as we uh, sidetracked, but the Ichabod backstory, I don't really love. That being said, what I do love is the Iron Maiden. And I do love oh, yeah. that's mm. just it's worth it just to see Lisa Marie fall out of a Iron Maiden just, you know, in an ocean of blood. That's great. Um, great line that Ichabod has that feels like a total Tom Stoppard line is perhaps there's a bit of witch in you because you've bewitched me. Uh, mm. is I
1: refuse to believe that Stoppard wrote that. He's the greatest <laughs> living writer in the world. He did not write that. No. Touche, I take it back. It was not Tom Stoppard. <laughs>
3: But it doesn't seem like something that Andrew Kevin Walker would write either. So uh, I mean, anyway, <laughs> yeah. it was improvised. <laughs> it was improvised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I so can we talk for a second about Miranda Richardson? Yeah, um, and how sure. fucking great she is in this. Like she's yeah, just, she is. she's. She you can tell she's chewing the scenery, like everyone is in this. But like, she really kills this. Um, I, I just I. First of all, I mean, I, I do love that she's kind of playing a dual role. She plays the witch in the, in the woods as well. And you get a, a great jump scare of the eyeballs coming out at you and all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, that but... was the other bit.
1: That was a, a Burtonism slightly too far. Yes. For me. Mm-hmm. Oh, the you eyes like the eyes coming out and the, and the oh. snake telling it, I, Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit cute. You know, it's very cute
3: no I, I agree with you um but miranda richardson when you realize i mean i mean pretty early on that she's the villain but whatever she's just really going for it there's also like her and jeffrey jones having sex in the woods is not something i ever needed to see i think we can all agree that that was perhaps a bridge too far um but also like she's cutting herself there's all sorts of weird shit going on with her like she's doing all sorts of yeah it's great, it's great stuff love it But yeah. Um, she, uh, The shot of her in the garden This is the other thing Where this movie kind of on a plotting level Where like she's in the garden The horseman It looks like he's about to cut her head off But then mm-hmm. Michael Gambon runs before he sees it And you're just like well,
1: yeah. That's awfully convenient <laughs> <laughs> Did you just I was fine on with him that. running? I was fine with that yeah. Just because it's, it's Gambon It's right, Gambon right, right, right. running and being scared yeah, And right. Gambon can do no wrong on, I agree. I, I my agree. so so thank you for even suggesting it. My apologies. I take it back. We'll, we'll he, cut it. I mean, he, we'll double he, it. He defended <laughs> yeah. toys
0: pretty big time a couple of days ago.
3: So. Dude, toys is great, Kenny. We got to. Yeah, he's a
0: big Gambin fan. Don't worry, I'm a big Gambit fan.
3: You know, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: funny. I didn't it's put good, in two toys. together
3: He's the villain.
0: Yeah, he's like the the main. No. villain he's the,
1: the, toys the, the the Robin Williams.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's like a step his uncle stepdad didn't or something yeah, like his that.
3: it's great. That movie is. Robin Williams, Robin Wright, Michael Gambin, and LL Cool J and Joe Keyson.
0: I mean that that <laughs> is that is exhibit A, why only Gilliam should do Gilliam and only yeah. Burton should do Burton. Because that is that is Levinson being like, I could do this. I wrote an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, try to stop like, me
3: No, you can't. Yeah,
4: yeah.
3: no. Um So, yeah, Miranda Richardson, uh, when she shows up in that crazy black velvet dress, that's like the most like Tim Burton villain dress that Colleen Atwood could make. It's just beautiful. It looks amazing. Um, Okay. So so Ichabod has a notebook at one point that he burns. (laughs) Do you remember this? And in Mm -hmm. the notebook is like... Katrina's name written in, like, cursive with, like, hearts next to it. it was like, is Ichabod literally a 12-year-old girl?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's layers. That's how you create a nuanced character. <laughs> layers. layers yeah. yeah. It's great. Uh,
3: to wrap this up, great chase sequence. Love the chase sequence at the very end. Horsemen chasing yeah. them. So many beautiful shots. The fight on the top of the, of the horse-drawn carriage. All that stuff is just, is just great. I love it. I don't know how they shot it. I gen and, and Tim Burton, who by the way, not the greatest action director in the world. It is a great action sequence for a guy who clearly doesn't give a shit about action.
1: And also um, the windmill, the windmill is oh, a perfect mix of mm-hmm. uh the period, the the place, and Burton's mm-hmm. aesthetic. Just that mm-hmm. one image of that windmill looking like that. Mm-hmm. That's everything from Sleepy mm-hmm. Hollow from Tim Burton, Sleepy Hollow in one Shot sure. C- couldn't S. agree with you
3: more. Uh, love the kiss at the end where he bites her, blood comes out of her mouth, mm-hmm. and they dive into the tree. Just great stuff. Love it. Um, and also the line just in time for a new century is a nice nod to 1999, um, which obviously Kenny and I are in the business of. But, um, I did find myself at the first of all, beautiful last shot of just this really beautiful crane shot over New York in Ew. uh, in uh, 1899. Um, and I couldn't help but think like. And I'm not saying I want to do this, but you could absolutely make a television show about Ichabod solving crimes in New York in the 19th century with Katrina oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Masbeth. Like it's there for the taking. Someone, I mean, should, if anyone's do gonna it. do it, yeah, I don't. want do
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Guys, but,
4: so let's just, rate just this. don't <laughs>
0: focus on his witch know. wife. I want to know. Yeah, a mistake. How I want to know about Ichabod before he time traveled. <laughs> To mod, to oh, you want him in the Revolutionary
3: War? You want just a show uh, about that? Yeah.
0: No, I want yeah, I want him after the Revolutionary War. Like he, he we never knew, but he was resurrected in between.
3: Oh, interesting. Interesting. We never knew. We never knew. What, we found out later. Yeah. Can, and he had how a many kid. times do you think in a pitch in Hollywood someone has said this is the story you didn't know about oh. dot dot dot? <laughs> Fuck off. Anyway, uh, moving God. on.
0: I know it's yeah. sure, the people I feel worse for, worst for in this town are the development execs. I think about it all the time. Like, they, I mean, have you ever seen the development exec schedule? I live with one. Oh, you live with one?
3: <laughs> She's in it's her room cr- all day long. She comes it's out at crazy. lunch and just, and just yeah, it's awful. It's crazy.
0: Six pitches a day. They turn down pitches constantly, but constantly. six pitches a day and they must be all the same pitches. Yeah,
3: I mean, listen. Uh yeah. I, you can imagine <laughs> what I hear on a daily basis. It's not great. Um,
0: God, you are yeah. so lucky. I wish I lived at the uh. show.
3: <laughs> so, let's do our ratings and then let's do our Tim Burton uh uh, uh movie so that we can all move on with our lives. Um Let her know 99- I feel bad for her. Hmm. Okay, I'll let her know. <laughs> uh so i saw this movie in 99 i fucking loved it i gave it like a 97 back in 99 i mean i just i adored it um it was everything that i i wanted it to be um before this podcast i've gone down a little bit but as you can imagine i haven't gone down much i love this movie uh i'm at like i'm basically at a 93 pre and post i i think it's just i I love the film I, i mean i can nitpick there are things that aren't perfect about it. I do wish that they gave, you know, Katrina a little bit more to do. I, Christina Ricci in particular, I feel, is such a great actor, and I kind of yeah. wish that she was given a little bit more to do. Um, so, you know, there, there's little things here and there, but, like, I could watch this movie every day. I just, I, I adore it. But what about you, Kenny?
0: You know, I thought I had written this down somewhere, but I can't find it, so I'm just going to wing it. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh. So I definitely saw this movie, not in 99, but uh, in college at some point. Um. Mm-hmm. I liked it I, I I don't I didn't love it I and I still don't love it I, I mean I think I would have given it like a 75 then I think I would give it uh I I would give it like an 83 before and after I think it's really a really good movie I don't think it's really good Burton. um okay, okay. and that's not a huge knock on it but uh I think it's not quite in the and you'll see with my 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 top five burden, it's not exactly in that, that lane. I don't think it really lends itself to what I love about him as a director. I think he did a really good job with the material, okay. and I think uh, it looks incredible, and I have a lot of respect for what they've done with this. But okay. um, ultimately, it's not going to be my favorite movie or my favorite kind of movie. Mm-hmm. 83 is good,
1: though. It's a very at, good time the time, time really liked it. Eight, probably 80. Uh, and actually, it's gone up. Watching it again, I think my appreciation of it is so much more. So now, 80,
4: eighty-seven.
1: Okay, okay, all right. It's it's a. Re- I really, really enjoyed watching it. It's only not in the nineties because uh, the, the end. I, I loved the all of the action stuff, but that Denouement went on for so long. It did, and I think r- rather rather spoilt it uh, before.
0: Before we go to our Burtons, I want to yeah. ask you both one more question. Please. Uh, because, you know, you answer it with the best of your own abilities. Um, how much of this movie uh, did you consciously run towards and consciously run away from when you were working on your own Sleepy hour?
3: Um. Well, okay. I mean, I, I will say that for me personally, uh, when I was coming up with it um, or with the concept of it, I don't know that I
1: really thought that much about it, if I'm being completely frank. Interesting. Um, it's, really, it's not- so because I, I had forgotten when we were making ours that in the Burton one, the, the horseman was formerly a, a Hessian he was soldier, a soldier. Yeah. and i'd forgotten that there was so much witchcraft involved and yeah i mean which I, I neither think- neither of those things were from the book and right. but they made it into the the show
3: i i imagine that i mean if you were to ask alex um i bet he would say that this was a big touchstone for him more so like i, I think that from for in in my brain i was really just trying to create a A television show, and was less trying to attach ourselves to the movie in its own way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also because our thing was modern, um, and because the you know the Revolutionary War figured into it, it just the timeline in my brain they just didn't speak to each other because this movie is at a different time. So it's just it kind of that's why I didn't think about it that much. I I would also Mm. say too that like you know the 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 Ichabod and Abby. Relationship, which is obviously so paramount to our show, obviously is not in the movie, so that was that was really kind of one of the things that I was really trying to sort of focus on, so that was probably, probably-
1: yeah I, I, also the, his Ichabod and our crane were just wildly different characters
4: yeah totally they, they were totally. so obviously
1: different on the page and plus with the relationship with Abby. I always the uh, in in the movie, mm-hmm. Ichabod's the lead, but I always yep. thought of Abby as the lead of, of our show and Ichabod It's funny the... you th-
3: that's a that's a that's a totally valid uh takeaway. Like I think that because she is in our time, because so yeah,
0: much she's of the our one, mythology. She's the guide. Yeah. She's the one no, who uh, takes yeah. in Yeah Abby I mean, definitely, at least in the beginning, was conceived yeah. as the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and I think she and I think she was the lead, but um, you know, and that's why
1: I think we we've then struggled as as we said showing more of Crane mm-hmm. because he should be uh, a a mystery. um yeah. oddity. Yeah,
3: no, I, I I agree. I think that it's yeah. you know,
1: listen, there were any she, number of yes, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: no, you. she's the she's the the level-headed detective. Mm-hmm. And Crane was the the eccentric genius person. The eccentric expert, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. You, you, over the course of, you guys did what, 80 episodes? Something like that. Over the course of 80 episodes, of course, you're going to, you know, get into that character's mindset and his POV uh, over and over again. But yeah, that, that's a big difference yeah. between the two the two pieces.
1: And also, I wanted to avoid it because... Johnny Depp is uh, uh, such a remarkable actor and That's, and beautiful than yeah. just you know it's it's Johnny Depp and so if you're but, playing a yeah. character that he's played it, it must be like well, that's, that was
3: one of the things that I appreciated so much about your performance, Tom, is that you made it your own, right? Like, there was no, you, you, you're not gonna copy him. You're not gonna do what Johnny does. You wanna make it your own. We tried to do everything we could to make our version of this, which was obviously very different in its own way. Um, and I think we succeeded at that. But I, but I do think that the movie, uh, um, I love the movie, uh, as you'll see when I do my top five that, uh, you know, that, that it, that it still, Holds a place in my heart, not just because of the show, obviously, but just of what he was trying to do. But should we do our should we do our Burtons?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start. <laughs> it's such a difficult question. That was this is.
3: Can I just say, in Kenny? Fact, and it will surprise really you, not hard. at all. It was really hard. This was the hardest top five I've had to do. Um, for, yeah,
0: me Well,
3: I I, I we'll struggle see. with four out of the five of these as to where they fall in this ranking, daily changes. Yeah. So today, this is what it is. But I imagine tomorrow it could be something.
1: Would you but say- also, with, with a lot of his films, I've not seen them for years and years. Right, right, When right. I was a kid, he was so important to me. He was my favorite director for such a long time. But I haven't watched these for at least 10 years, most of them.
0: I think mine are different than yours. But... Uh, I, think,
3: I, think, I think yours will be different than mine.
0: Let's go ahead and do it.
3: Um so my number 5 is uh is Sleepy Hollow. Um I, you know, I don't need to 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 say we've talked about this movie for for several hours now, but I'll just say this. Um, in terms of Tim Burton's oeuvre and his filmmaking and what have you, I think that this film is the most successful attempt as a filmmaker of taking something a, a genre of filmmaking that he loves and translating that into a movie that stands on its own two feet he's tried to do that several times and has fallen on his face most times so this is the movie that if that you know he obviously loved hammer horror films he obviously loved this genre um and he dove headfirst into it and i think he was quite successful in doing it um i also think that it's arguably his most beautiful looking movie. If you talk mm. about production value, if you talk about Tim Burton, you can't help but talk about set design and talk about all those things. And I think that this film is the perfect distillation of that for me personally. Um, so that's why it's my number five. Kenny, what's your... Oh,
0: My my number five, five yeah. is... uh I think this is where I start to deviate like right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, my number five is Beetlejuice. Okay, uh, which I love, which I've shown sure. my kids, and I think it's an amazing, fun, incredible movie. Um, I love Michael Keaton's performance in it. I love Winona Ryder, and I love everyone who sits around the table and sings Deo. Uh I love. <laughs> I, I I think I just I just I just think it's it's, it's, it's a, a fa- movie, okay? fantastic right. movie about how fun it would be to be dead.
1: And, uh, <laughs> and also, the, 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 we watched it. Last year with uh, with my son and he was mm-hmm. five at the time and mm-hmm. it's a, th- there are bits of it that are a lot darker than and Miranda, randier but he <laughs> and randier but he loved it he loved it yeah. and he dressed yeah. up as Beetlejuice for well, that's Halloween awesome. last year and he loved it and I loved it and what's so striking about it is Michael Keaton's hardly in it yeah I know Beetlejuice has a minutes. really really yeah. small yeah. role in it yeah. but. As it, you know, uh, it's it's Burton doing what he does best, and that's an iconic character. An iconic character and, who's yeah. only in the film for twenty minutes. Yep.
0: I, and I, totally. I really like there are a couple. One that I've left off, but a couple of his films where the color palette is yeah. so specific to that movie. Totally. totally. And if you showed, I think if you showed people like the the ten a colors frame. he uses, <laughs> yeah. Well, frame for sure, but even just the colors would be like, Beetlejuice. And that's true for a lot of his yeah. films, actually, yeah. which I I, I I really love and respect about, you know, the the way he puts his mark on what he does.
3: What's your number five,
1: Tom? My number five, I really, really wanted one of his animations in my top five, but I couldn't. I couldn't put it. And Corpse Bride was nearly going to be the number five, and then I realized oh, it's just because I want an anime. If he had yeah. directed um, Nightmare. Nightmare Before Christmas, that would definitely be probably sure. near the top of my list. I was desperate for it, but didn't make it. Um, instead, and this was such a difficult thing, and it, it changed in the week since you sent me a text and said prepare your mm-hmm. five. It changed daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number five, Sleepy Hollow. Um, there you go. <laughs> I like said, when you've got that DP uh, and it looks like that and yeah. it's, it's so much fun. And Christopher Walken, it's it's made the list because of Walken's pervy look at the very end. <laughs> no one does a
3: pervy look like uh, Chris Walken. Uh, no, my number no. four is Beetlejuice. Um, I, I, you know, for all the reasons that, that we've that we've said, I also just think it's worth highlighting too that um, that movie makes not a lick of fucking sense. Um, if you think about it in any way on a script level, like if if we sat down to read that script, we'd be like. Wait, so why are they on Saturn? Why are there sandworms? what like it's just it it doesn't mm-hmm. it really doesn't make any sense and it doesn't, really doesn't matter,
0: matter. Yeah. it doesn't matter, doesn't matter. At all. more than most people.
3: more than and and I most think that it's an unfortunate lesson to some degree that Tim Burton learned from that film, which is it doesn't matter if it makes sense and sometimes it does matter um but but in this particular instance, that movie is just a magnificent every time I watch it, I'm just like this movie is gonzo wonderful everything about it love so that's my number four you. what's your four Kenny
0: my four is Batman, uh, Batman. I love Batman Batman's Batman. great, love Batman's ba- great. Uh, one of the first movie experiences I remember we're going to do a whole episode of them on Batman on the we Patreon will. there's not too much to say but obviously uh, Batman is a extremely important movie and uh, not an obvious Burton movie but I think he Correct. kind of opened up this other land that he's really good at So I agree What's your, what's number your number Tom? Batman Returns.
1: Ooh. Uh, eh. Batman didn't make my top five, but Batman nope. Returns in at number four. Uh, it, it starts become, to become a little more Burton-esque than the first film. For sure. Uh, uh, particularly with The Penguin. Um, I, 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 love Chris Nolan. He's uh, one of the last auteurs and sure. he's one of the best British directors ever, but watching his Batman films, all I kept thinking was he would never cast Danny DeVito and I struggled with that.
3: Never. Never.
1: Danny DeVito's no. perfect. Michelle Pfeiffer Michelle is Pfeiffer, absolute on, oh. perfection in, in that film. Perfect. Keaton I, is amazing. I have a feeling Walken this going to
0: come up again. Little-
1: yeah, yeah, this movie's going to come up again. Don't you worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. Uh, so yeah, Batman returns, and I'm still questioning whether it should be higher. Uh, it it so is what's
3: higher your three? for me. So what's uh, your three? My three is is Edward Scissorhands. Um, I you know I Edward Scissorhands is a is a weird movie for me because as a kid when I, I saw it in the theater, it was ten. It came out in ninety. Uh, it actually scared me, and I was like, I don't I don't like this. It just it didn't did not work for me. Um, subsequently, I mean, I think it's a masterpiece. I think that if you told tim burton he could only have one movie that was shot into space that was like him i think it's edward scissorhands like i think that it does all the things i mean he is edward scissorhands for all intents and purposes like him growing up in burbank all like it's it's just the most autobiographical tim burton movie um you know just a a magnetic performance a, a star making performance from from johnny depp um I just I love it to death. It's great. I mean, what can be said about Edward Scissorhands? Danny Elfman's score, all
1: of it's great. That's my. It's so great and it's so iconic, but it didn't it's make perfect. my list.
0: It <laughs> also didn't make my list.
1: And it wow, is,
0: it's okay. I, I mean, it's it was between that and Beetlejuice for sixth. I mean, they're both amazing films. They're the most. They're the two most Burton-esque films. Um, okay. And, What's your three? Uh, And I don't disagree with you. I think uh, Edward Scissorhands is everything for me, but. Um, it's not as uh, as funny and wi- and winning and wonderful and weird and goofy and pleasurable as Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Well, Pee Wee's oh, wow. Big Adventure okay. is okay. my number all three. Right. Uh, oh, great, as much fun as you can have at the movies. So fun, <laughs> so silly, sure. such a great time. I mean, that I, I absolutely love Pee Wee's Big Adventure because the thing about Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Is that it? Very much takes place in the real world. Everybody who populates the world is a total fucking lunatic, Mm -hmm. but the world itself is real, and I absolutely love that about the movie. And I I think Paul Rubens is unbelievably awesome in that film. Um, Yeah, so do I. I And also, what
1: what an amazing decision of his to pick this young director who had never directed a feature before. But I I love Pee Wee able to populate a real world with otherworldly things.
4: Yeah. In a way yeah that I mean,
3: very can. You really do have to hand it to Paul Rubens for seeing the vision and seeing like the potential in Tim Burton at that stage in his career for sure. And I, I love Pee-Wee, don't get me wrong. Um I, I lo- let me rephrase. I love Pee Wee's Big Adventure as a film. I actually don't really love the Pee-wee character, which is
0: why it's not in my top five. Well I I, um, I love Pee-wee in Pee-Wee's Big Adventure. Right, right. And and I also love the show, but but the other movie season, it, it's not the same. I mean, he is. So the the recent one is which fucking great right. too. He's. I yeah, forget. It. I love Pee Wee. He's amazing. Pee Wee's great. I, I, what, I what's your three, Tom?
1: Uh, Edward. Edward, it's. Uh, it nearly. I, I. I. It nearly didn't. There were days when it wasn't on my really? five. There were days oh, wow. when it was higher up. It's obviously his best film. It's obviously his best made film. <laughs> it's terrific. And it's So that's your, that's your number three. That's right. my number three, and um, it has to be in uh, a Burton uh, list. The performances. Every single performance Everyone. is Bill Murray. Perfect. Ugh. Bill Murray is so amazing in it. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a, and it's his best made. It's terrific. It's terrific.
3: It's it's wonderful. It's it's higher up on my list, so I'll talk about it when I when I get to it. But I uh, but I adore it. Um, I, I, I my number two. So this is where I this there is where I struggle right now. This is my two. Uh, this, this was the, so the this was the hardest choice this for is me. The to weirdest.
0: Me. The, this is the weirdest thing of all time that's about to happen.
3: Yeah. So my number two is Batman Returns. That's the um, weirdest thing
0: of all time to me.
3: I, I and and I really struggled with this. This was like I and I because anyone who listens to any podcast I've ever been on knows that I love Batman Returns more than anything. Um, I, I think that I the thought it was like that, your
0: favorite movie.
3: It's one of my favorite movies. I'm I'm talking about Tim Burton's top five films, and I and I think that I mean you can obviously guess what my number one is. I struggled with this one and two placement because I love Batman Returns so so much yeah. um but ultimately i came back to just the, the 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 purity of i'm i'm you know i'm not the biggest biopic fan in the world and i really do think that ed wood's one of the best biopics you could ever so, make. so
0: do your do your two-in-one right now yeah i'm gonna kind of well. do you the, did yeah. it so because yeah, i'll yeah. do the mine too so batman returns
3: i mean Listen, I have run out of words for my love for Michelle Pfeiffer's performance in Batman Returns. As anyone who's listened to the podcast I did about Batman Returns on, uh, on uh, Norm Wilner's podcast, uh, it it is just everything that I love about Batman and about Tim Burton is a weird, weird movie about weird people that just don't fit in the world and don't know how to love and be human. And like, it's just, it's a deep, dark, weird beautifully made movie. Um, everything about it is perfect. I really have no flaws with Batman Returns. In terms of Ed Wood, I think the reason that I gave it the, the slightest of edges over Batman Returns is because of just the the amount of love for filmmaking. You know, Tim Burton is yeah. not a filmmaker that talks much about his process, who talks much about why he does what he does. And Ed Wood just feels like the most open-hearted love letter to the making of motion pictures and why people do mm-hmm. it, and and on top of all of that, it is just brimming with the weirdest group of people that he could. possibly... Like, it's just it's it's got a whole bunch of weirdos in it. I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker mm-hmm. who's great in it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Bill Murray, and and everybody in it is just fantastic. The only bummer is that. Danny Elfman didn't do the score. It's the only score of Tim Burton's movies that is not Danny Elfman, but Howard Shore did a very good job. But yeah, so ultimately, long story short, love both these films. They're basically both number one. I I, I mean, I I don't know.
0: But you you had to choose, and you do. I had
3: to choose, and that's what I chose. Today, today. number one and number
0: two are the same movies. Just inverted. And inverted. (laughs) Uh, Because I agree with both of you. I do think Ed Wood is his best film, and Batman Returns is my favorite. So, I know. I know.
4: uh, I listen, and I, man. Just, I can't argue I with my, that. I agree with
0: my favorite, but I, I, I wouldn't just go with my favorite if I didn't also think that it's best in breed, right? Like I think it's, I, I think it is the best superhero movie. Yeah. I think it's the best Christmas movie. <laughs> I mean, I think it is. I think like when we were talking about the production design of uh sleepy hollow i kind of swallowed my tongue because i knew we'd be talking about batman returns later and batman returns is the burton movie where i'm jaw dropped every moment yeah oh, and yeah, then yeah. on top of that totally agree with dan on the danny devito thing i think max <laughs> shrek is an unbelievable character that uh you-, you only have to watch the movie to understand how integrally is mm-hmm. to the to the plot and the mechanics and then Obviously Michelle Faber's performance Obviously Michael Keaton's performance But what this movie has that no other movie In this genre has ever had is that chemistry The chemistry between the two of them Is uh, It's a and a, and, and,
1: and a giant duck with penguins It does And it wheels. has a giant
0: <laughs> duck This movie genuinely terrified me the first time I saw it in the
1: theaters. Oh, yeah. Any film would be improved by a giant duck. Yeah.
0: It is a weird, like weirdly, this movie scared me when I was in the theaters, weirdly in the 90s. Uh, So this came out, I think, in 95, right, Phil? 92. and 92. So some point in the 90s, probably around 95, 96, uh, I had this urge to go and rent this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that I didn't particularly love in the theaters and started like a 25 year love affair with it because I think it's the greatest I, think it's just, I you know, didn't like I it in the theater on,
1: either <clears throat> I had it Sorry. on VHS, I didn't see it in the cinema I had it on VHS and my brother and I watched that VHS every single weekend
4: yeah.
1: for so about good. a year and, and that's I not an exaggeration we'd, we'd have yeah. a little bit of time mm-hmm. while dinner was being getting ready and we'd pop on Batman Returns and obsessed with it, loved it it's, I it's, and I, the, I love movies.
0: the original Batman. I so love I. the original Batman. Uh, and, you know, part of the reason why I think I was turned off in the beginning with Batman Returns is because I love the original Batman mm-hmm. so much. But there's place in my heart now for both. That being said, Batman doesn't fucking hold the candle to Batman Returns.
3: I, I agree with you. Obviously, wholeheartedly agree with everything you're saying. I I, I You know, it's interesting. One of the things that I I think is worth mentioning too, in this comic book world that we live in where, you know, there's a million of these fucking movies and what have you. I still don't think a film has juggled the idea of multiple villains as well as Batman Returns did. They're all Mm. really feeding each other thematically for a (coughs) plot perspective, all of that stuff so beautifully, um, and yet we've seen everyone fuck it up since. It's, it is kind of shocking. How about like, that t- last
0: shot? That, was that wasn't true. even her. That wasn't even yeah. supposed to be in it. Wasn't it wasn't even her.
3: <laughs> what are your, what's your 2 and one Tom?
1: Brace yourselves. Uh-oh. Number two is Beetlejuice. juice.
0: Okay. The juice?
1: Love it. The juice. I always loved the juice it. Blues. I, I watched it again. It's, also, it might be because, with the exception of watching Sleepy Hollow a few weeks ago, it's the most recent one that I, I sure. watched. Yeah. Number one, get ready. And it's out of. This is one that I've not watched for probably about fifteen years, but it holds such a special place in my heart. It's Mars Attacks. Oh, even after okay. talking about right. even after talking about CG <laughs> oh, and Burton being oh. better without CG, there's it holds it as I love sci-fi. I love sure, sci-fi, sure. and to see him do. Tim Burton's Edward sci-fi. I want to yep. watch it right with, now. With Tom Jones punching, you know, aliens in the face okay. and showing, come on, girls, come on, girls, and hurrying showgirls out of Vegas. Fucking okay, great. With the idea that um, the, how do you... how do, It's an accidental war because some hippie releases a dove. Correct. And <laughs> that frightens the piss out of them and infuriates them, and that starts... Uh, mm-hmm. Global cataclysm, and then accidentally, someone pulls the the headphones out of the socket of an old woman listening to country music, and like they global. discover <laughs> country music makes their brains explode. Yeah, it's good here's film. what Plus, I the think: the look of it, the design of it, I think is yeah. uh, is perfect. I love in my brain. I love this film, and I'll probably go and watch it again next week. And I'll probably I, just it.
3: just to be clear, I love Mars Attacks.
0: I think I my wa- I might watch it. In the you, next I, couple of days, yeah.
1: it's,
3: it is a it is a great movie. Um, I think Jack Nicholson one of the is things, excellent.
1: Pierce Brosnan is yeah. hilarious. Uh, is Sarah Michelle, no, no, um, uh, Sarah uh, Jessica, Jessica Parker. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker gets her head put on a put dog's on a chihuahua. <laughs> I,
3: I'll Love say this though, Glenn Close. Glenn Close Glenn, is in it. One of the things that I think is great about it is that it's at least pretty clear to me that he's like. What movie would Ed Wood make if he got a hundred million dollars?
1: Yes, quite, mm-hmm.
3: and that quite. And he made is lovely, and he yes. made it, and 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 more power to him. I love Mars Attacks. I think that's a a bold and awesome number one pick.
0: Great choice.
3: It's a great, great pick, um, Tom. We cannot thank you enough for coming on to talk about Sleepy Hollow. I, I can't thank
1: you enough. I'd I'd really have nothing else to do. I'd just be sitting <laughs> in a dark corner. Jesus. Well, thinking about you. And thank (laughs) you for giving me a purpose. Uh, listen. Well, this I, was this was everything I, that I, I could have
3: wanted from this yeah. episode, which I was nervous about doing uh, and how to do it. And this is everything that I could have wanted it to be. So I, I appreciate both of you letting me rant. Um, but it was this was absolutely wonderful. We can't wait to have you all to talk about Beau travile
1: at some point. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just well, really, listen. Just really <laughs> listen. This is what the world needs. They need yeah. you know a, a two hour long meditation on the the male physique
2: can i just say that uh, in someone- French,
1: as as thought of by a fucking flouncing uh, 1940s fest throwback and a fucking say- neurotic jewish writer in la and yeah. fucking kenny yeah it's gonna be great. <laughs> kenny is also a neurotic jewish writer, i was for the dying
0: record. to hear what you're gonna say about me and fucking
3: kenny is perfect <laughs> can i just say though That someone DM'd me on Twitter when we released the schedule for October that said that you were coming on for Sleepy Hollow and they were like, can't wait to listen to this super excited, so thrilled that it's not that weird French movie I don't know
0: The weird French movie I I I will say -er. that
1: French French movie, (laughs) Beurgevai has my favorite ending of any film ever it's been on many lists
3: of it best endings. I haven't really read the any of it. Best of all time. And I've never time. read what it is. I've I never seen see it, it, so I can't
0: wait. All right, let's do it soon. So we let's can do, watch we're it. We're going to do this.
4: Tom,
3: well, thinking you. again. Yourself. Please check out our Reddit as well at reddit.com backslash podcast like its. We're also on Twitter at podcast like its 1999. We're also on Instagram at podcast like its 1999. Uh, thank you so much to Ernie and Will for producing our episodes, Sullivan for our social media, Yonk Katas for our amazing art and theme songs. And most of all, thank you all for listening.